Previously on AFTN. Thoughts about that and, and uh, you know, reflections on that um, and and expressed an understanding of, uh, of things. I did, oh, I did out you a bit. Shoot. I forgot to tell you this before. Thanks. No, sorry. <laughs> First of all, Zach, it should be somebody's choice to go get out. It'll be, you know, outed. I know. So, sorry. Yeah, but, yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, actually, this is on social media, so it's okay. not that big of a... Oh. But, um, no, you're not I'm, wondering. I'm wondering where this is going, No. So grab yourself a blanket, your hot beverage of choice, and a chocolate digestive, and settle down for another episode of There's Still Time, the AFT and Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. If you're listening to this show in the podcast, it's episode 312. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. It has been a very, very busy week in Whitecaps land and elsewhere in MLS, so we're going to cover all that in tonight's show. Marty Santos said he planned to be very active in these MLS trade windows and drafts and stuff to that, and true to his word, he has been. We've got some new players to talk about. Some Whitecaps came in, some Whitecaps went out. We went out and got ourselves both a Mac and a PC, which is risky at this time of year before Christmas because usually you want to get those kind of things after Christmas because it's a lot cheaper then. But I'm sure he knows what he's doing. But I guess this is like the Black Friday of Possibly. MLS. So maybe it is a good <laughs> the half day. I, the half day Black Friday. Yeah, yeah the re-entry Black draft. Black Sunday. Re-entry <laughs> draft certainly feels like Black Friday or the, the leftovers the day after Black Friday because that's when all the tax Yeah, all left. the stuff is gone. Yeah, yeah. No, no, one, no one's got any good stuff after that. We've got two keepers in the squad. Well, hopefully we've got a few more guys that we're going to keep. But we've, we've got two new goalkeepers in the squad. The first one is a guy that we've been banging around, or banging on about, rather, for the, the last few weeks. It's a, an expected trade. We hoped it was going to be coming. Mac- I didn't expect it to be coming. I'm, I was no, shocked. No, you didn't at all. And I was shocked I, at how little I, they had to give up for him, too. I don't think... He's not that highly rated though I'm just saying that Montreal sending one of their homegrown products to Vancouver is not an expected move mm. that's that's fair yeah. I, I, I wasn't hoping either just you I, I'm not surprised by it but yeah. I'm not, I wasn't hoping for this to happen you wanted better uh well 
I think it'll be interesting to see how the goalkeeping position plays out this year. I think I, they, I think they've taken a step in a, a certain direction, and uh, like where you got all domestic, all hopefully reasonable salaries, and they're willing they can to spend more other places where they can actually right. change the game itself and not well, have to rely you, on the goalkeeper. That's what you think. Yeah, but we, have to, we, have to, we have to wait and see on that end of things. The two new keepers that's come in: Maxime Crepo, Zach McMath. Cripple, we've talked about for for a few weeks now, and we well, Zach, Zach, we talked about too. Yes, I said uh, they're going to bring in a Zach. Yeah. The guy doesn't go overseas from Columbus. Or I, yeah, this guy? I I thought we had enough Zachs no. in Vancouver, oh, and uh, the front one. office wouldn't want to go near anyone called Zach. But <laughs> well, clearly, I was wrong. No, you're you're right on. <laughs> we we sent the much travelled Tam to Montreal. Fifty. Hope was he speaks it? French. Was it fifty or how much was it? Ah, <laughs> uh, it was. I think it was fifty thousand. Yeah, I can't I even remember yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. There's been so many figures going around. And a today. third round pick in 2020. Yeah, for, yeah third for, round super draft Crapo pick. was 50, yeah. That was nothing. No, I mean, the third round super draft picks were going left and right today, yeah. coming in, going out. Crapo's 24 years old. They get that striker from Holy Cross in the third round in 2020. Third round draft picks are literally useless. First they and are. second round draft picks this year were pretty useless. <laughs> no offense to anyone who's been drafted in the third round. So, Crapo. Crapo, yeah. 24. You said it wasn't going to happen. I didn't think so at all. He has got two senior caps. Not, not that I didn't, didn't want it to happen. I just didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it was the kind of guy that MDS would definitely yeah. fancy. He set a USL clean sheet record this season with 15, was the USL goalkeeper of the year. So he he's he's at the level where he needs to be playing. And it's obviously felt that USL isn't a high enough level for him. You've now got Zach McMath coming in as well. He, Cripple probably did not want to be at Montreal knowing that they've just given Evan Bush a new three-year deal. We talked about that last week. They also picked up options on all four of their goalkeepers last yeah. last week. So you kind of knew Cripple's days were numbered there. He's going to have a battle with Zach McMath. I don't think Cripple comes here and he's an automatic starter. Well, I would say by, based on what they spent for McMath, I would think that they probably maybe rate him higher or maybe just oh, cost oh, yeah. more yeah. or something Obviously like that. they do. And so, because yeah. that was 100000 double, and then Mesquita, who you'd expect to be like a hundred and hundred thousand dollar player or there, something like that, or fifty thousand somewhere around there's there. no shadow of a doubt that, that Zach McMath is coming in to be the number one. He yeah. could lose that to Crepo. Yes. Yeah. But he has eight years' experience. He's actually he's had some runs of form that have been spectacular. He's had other runs of form <laughs> that have been less than well, you know, subpar, let's say. Well, twenty sixteen him and Tim Howard were were voted Colorado's like players of the year, yeah. joint players of the year. And it was only Tim Howard coming in that he lost his spot in Colorado, which is baffling because we've talked about Howard coming in and not being that good a, a keeper, really. And, and uh, I, I might be mistaken, but he also had some good years in Philadelphia. Yeah. And then was replaced by Andre Blake. Yeah, Philly was a weird time because they yeah. had a bad team. And they just kept drafting goalies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I think he did get unseated by, by like there. The interesting thing is this is MLS. So this is different than football around the world, right, where you sit down with the player and you have a conversation about them bringing I wonder, I wonder how that worked for this. Like I wonder, I wonder if Crepo know how much he knew about McMath coming. I wonder how much McMath knew about Crepo coming. Not that he would probably care about that that much. You, but. you would think Crepo would would ask the question because I, I mean, when we spoke with Spencer Ritchie, and we'll come to Spencer shortly, he had said he wanted to have discussions. He wanted to be a starter or at least have a shot of being the number one. So you have to think both McMath and Crepo have had that conversation of. But you've got a shot of being the number one. I don't know how much they allow. 
the teams to talk, talk to the players because yeah. well, we got yeah, the Espindola. Well. Remember Espindola? Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Oh, I'd blocked him out for memory. Jeez, one of the great Whitecaps of yeah. the MLS era. He he was a star signing that season. I think they should allow give like other teams should give permission yeah. to players in, to in talk the UK, to the other teams. You can, you can yeah. When, once you've been given permission to speak to them, so yeah, maybe they haven't even had those conversations at all. But yeah, for McMath, we we gave up Nicholas Mosquita and Tam again, who's put himself about hundred thousand Tam. McMath, he's 27. As you said, eight seasons in the league, four with Philly, four with Colorado, 136 appearances under his belt. Cripple's got three MLS appearances under his belt. Howard kind of took that position from him, but in all his years in MLS, he's got 36 clean sheets. I feel both are an upgrade on Brian Rowe. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's hard not to think. I also feel that they're going to challenge each other and push each other for that number one spot. I also think he maybe gives Sean Melvin a chance to put himself in the frame as well. He's the same age as Cripple too. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think anyone is too far behind the picking order. McMath's no. probably going into the pre-season camp as the number one. Right. Cripple is the two and Melvin is the three, but strange things can happen. Right, but see, one of the things that's key, I think, about Melvin and Cripple being the same age is is that Crapo has been selected way for more, Canada and way more sp- yeah. playing time and as well. way more yeah, playing time in general, right? Levels. Not that not that Melvin M- Melvin has still has potential, yeah. right? Yeah. To, to 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 make. But we did let Spencer Ritchie go. Yeah, when one two keepers come, one must go. Yes, we knew Spencer was going because we didn't pick his option up, but we still get something for his MLS rights, which. I still think it's ridiculous. It's like, if you haven't picked his option I know. up, just let him let go. Let him go, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But I mean, no, we, basi- all, we basically so got much... nothing for it because we well, got our third round draft pick uh, in 2020. Allow back. them to go in the draft to see if somebody wants to pick up their contract. Yeah. And if they, nobody does pick it up, then let them go. But even then, they hold the rights, even yeah. after being going through a couple of drafts. Here's the question for you. If if we look, if we feel that, that Roe and... If we feel that McMath and Crepo are better than Roe, yeah. where do they come in... Where does Spencer Ritchie fit into that? Are they better than Spencer Ritchie on a par with Spencer Ritchie? Well, if if Crepo uh, set the record for USL uh, goalkeepers, like clean sheets and everything, on a team that obviously wasn't good enough to even make the playoffs, which I think says I, th- I would put him just a touch higher than uh, Spencer Ritchie at this point. Um, McMath, on the other hand, I would actually just put a, maybe uh, a notch lower than Marinovic. So, so I, I would kind of put them in between those two if you were, if you were to do a, a pecking order. I know Richie had a great season as well yeah. in Cincinnati, but he was, if, he was playing for a stronger team. If Richie had played the whole season, yeah. I think he would have definitely been in the running oh, for, for sure. goalkeeper of the year, but he split his time there with, with, with Newton, who got won the Golden Gloves as yeah. well, which was weird. But <laughs> if we look at the salaries... Yeah, but look at the salaries. Crepo did make 84 last year. Zach McMath made 170. Yeah. Now, I, I I rate Spencer Ritchie highly. I would possibly rate him... I would rate him higher than Crepo. I might rate him higher than McMath, but... You, you've you interviewed him. Wait till you interview these two, then we'll see. Yeah, that's see. true. We'll have to see which one of these wants a chocolate digestive. That is going to be the breaking well, point. Well, I don't know, Steve. I have a feeling that one or both could be Michael's new favourite. Yeah, it should be. Oh, bound to be. So uh, we, we've got new goalkeepers, so that's one good thing. But we also possibly have a, a new defender. Defend Depends if he's going to be a left-back or a left-winger. You can do so much with his name, too. It's Gyro Day. <laughs> yeah. Now, my wife was pointing out 
but I was really excited because we were it's out this morning. I was like, it's gyros, it's gyros. Gyro doesn't mean anything to you in Vancouver in terms of being unemployed, does it? No. No. Because your benefit check in Scotland is called a gyro. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so that, hence it's gyro day. It's like... I guess you already have like the headline written for when he gets moved on. I've got I've got all the all the punk songs about being on the dole from the eighties ready, but just talking about drawing your gyro and stuff. So I'm I'm all set for this. Well, he's also known as PC. Yes, which will please some of the South Siders, yeah. I'm sure, because they they've been <laughs> oh they've been really into some PC defending oh, for a while. Let's hope there's no armbands. Well, that's that's, gonna that's, go that's the thing him. we have to find out. Is he going to be a left back or is he going to be a left wing? Um, he's kind of. One of the Orlando or, fans said he's better as a left winger because he had but, some nightmare outings as left back. Okay, or is he in MDS's uh, setup? Is he going to be that left wing back? Mm. Which is another thing. Yeah, which is obviously the, that as well. The one thing didn't I? I think I read about it was that sixteen appearances for Orlando, and I believe it was two two sending offs. Is that I right? Do you know I never looked at the sending offs. I, I, I thought made, I read that he somewhere. made eight appearances last year and eight this year. Only five each year were starts, but I never actually looked at his sending off. I think there was one in each. Wow. Or Yeah, I, I thought I read somewhere it was two, two sending offs. In I MLS. did read that he's quite aggressive. <laughs> so there we go. He's versatile. We all love a cheeky Brazilian. We've talked about that before. I don't know how strong a signing this is. He does look good with the, with the ball. Yeah. He looks aggressive. He can play left back, left wing. Don't want to shit all over the guy before he's got here, but he doesn't scream starter at me right now. And I don't think, because if you're giving up a third round pick for somebody, you're not considering them a starter. Mm. I think what uh, uh, DeSantos is doing is building depth. And I think, like we said before, the starters are going to come from either abroad or bigger trades where he has more time to negotiate a trade. Or, or something like that. So I don't think this like I don't think we were going to see a big like Tam player being traded today or something like that. This these were going to be like minor trades, and that's what happened throughout MLS. There was only one big, big, big name. You know, right? yeah, Maxi, yeah. Well, Ru- Maxi, yeah, well, Rudy going, but yeah. yeah, it's like looking at a jig, looking at a jigsaw puzzle, and you're just like, what shade of blue and sky does this all blue piece fit into? Like I don't like we we only have so much to look at right now. Yes, and so I think that it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to see that. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard to say, but I agree like with that. you that it does not scream starter. No, and remember the um, uh, he he also mentioned that he wanted to inc- increase the domestic depth and everything. Um, PC does qualify yes, as green domestic. card. Yeah, he's a green card. Yes, so he's not international. Yeah, and they got rid of Mosquito. Who was an international, and that opens yep. up another international spot. There, and a, a few folk were sad to see Mosquito go. I'm not. I've said several times he's not an MLS starter in my I think, mind. I think I'm he's quite ru- happy that he's gone. I think he's run his course, basically. Yeah. That, so I really appreciate Nico Mosquito. I'm going to miss him. We, we, I, I also I also thought, and lots of people have been saying this online, but like it seemed like he would be the type of player that MDS would would value. I I mean, maybe not again. Maybe so, not though. as a starter. Yeah. But, but I mean, when when we took his option and Eric Hurtado's options, I said to me that smelt trade bait, and there were lots of rumours going about Twitter on Saturday night that Eric Hurtado is possibly on the chopping block or the trading block, and there's a number of clubs interested in him. Nothing came off today, but that still lots of time for that to happen. Uh, like a little history on PC, um, he's four years in North America. Yeah, uh, Tamp- two two with Orlando and then two in, in Florida. Yeah, Tampa or Bay, Florida, 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 Florida one with each. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so. 
like I said, he's been around North America, so he kind of yeah. understands the game and everything MDS like that. knows him from his time in Brazil with Corinthians go. under-20s as well. He played against MDS's did team you, down did there. Did you read the press, re- press release? No. Oh, it was just, I'll tell you about it. There's a, there's a typo. He, he did oh. well scoring goals in USL. Obviously, he's only had one, I think, in MLS or with, yeah. with, with MLS. Well, he did well team. with the strikers. He got yeah. eight goals and four assists and 46 appearances. Didn't do that well at Tampa Bay. But I don't know. It does sound like he's possibly... He's versatile, so we could see him as a left wing sub. We could see him as a left back sub yeah. to come on. Do, do we feel Brett Levi's is still the left back starter? There's Marcel de Jong as well. Is Marcel de Jong a possible trade bait possibility? Maybe. Well, it's increasing competition. That's the for sure. Yes. Whatever the case is, yeah. There was a, a couple of other rumours out there on Saturday night that that didn't go through today. Not necessarily to say that they haven't and haven't been announced or what's going to happen. One of them, and we'll give Glass City a hat tip for this, he mentioned that he'd heard that the Caps were going to give Seattle 50000 in GAM for the MLS rights to English midfielder. He's Aussie-born, but he's to English parents. So I'd like to call him an Aussie. Don't want to think of him as being English. Go for Andy it. Rose. Forget about it. He's a flounder. Just call I, him a flounder. I, I, I was going to say, are you going to refer to him as the Englishman or the Aussie? Because obviously he's know. an ex-Seattle player. Yeah, he spent four seasons with Seattle from 2012 to to He was a draft pick, I think, too. Yeah. Made ninety appearances, scored five goals, seven assists. Went to Europe, played in League One for a season and a half with Coventry. Then he got an injury. Um, I think it was a cruciate knee. It was definitely a, it was a cruciate injury, and he they didn't re-sign him at Coventry, so he ended up in in Scotland in Motherwell yep. in the SPL. They love him up there. Yeah. He signed a new deal this season. Expires in the summer. So, yeah, he's a free agent in May. Yeah. So if we have acquired his rights, that's not necessarily going to mean he's going to come now. He could come as soon as he's a free agent in May. Now he's got a connection to the Santos in a weird, in an odd way. Very weird way. Odd way, yes. kind of. He's married to Bob Bradley's daughter. Former boss of mm-hmm. the Santos. So you have to wonder, maybe they somehow connected that way. Yeah, maybe we could trade him for Mark Anthony K down the road. Oh, oh maybe. Please. I don't think. Would you want to work for your father-in-law? Was it? Yeah, because then I'd be have good. He's good. He's got good. Was money, it? Man. He'd be, wait, he'd be well. Was it this week that was it not this week that Mark Anthony K got a huge new contract? Yeah, he yeah, he got, he got, yeah, he got, he got, he got a three-year deal. So he's not coming here. Good for him. That's sad. Uh, another player that was linked to the Whitecaps this week. Another report from Glass City. Well, Glass was, City also broke the Mosquito trade too. McMath, I think. He's yes, a, yeah, he broke he that before that soccer well. by eyes. So, Glass City also reported that former Galley seat midfielder Janino had a meeting with the Caps this week, which is interesting because he was apparently last month going through a medical with TFC. Now, he has had surgery, which I think was in November last year. Makes you wonder, did he pass the medical or was his demands too much for TFC just now? Have they maybe put him on hold and he's exploring other options? I wouldn't be averse to getting him if it was for the right price. Seven seasons in MLS, six with LA, and he won three MLS Cups there. So he's got the experience, he's a winner. 229 MLS appearances, 20 goals, 29 assists. That would be a quality addition. Didn't Janino have that run-in with Pedro Morales one year? Or was that somebody else in Chicago? That was David Usted, you think? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about on the field. I think, oh, there I was did... somebody on the field from Chicago that had a run-in with Pedro Morales, and they both got sent off or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm not sure if it was Janino or somebody else. I can't remember. 
Oh, somebody I don't think us. somebody tweet us in with their answer. I, I I don't think this is the first time the Whitecaps have been interested in this player. No, and it, it would be a, a nice little addition. I feel getting that experience because. But we'll come to this in the later part when we look at some of the guys that's options are going to be available in the re-entry draft. Some folk were saying, look, why do we want these people? They're like MLS 2.0. We should be looking forward. You still need to have depth and experience and and some veterans in there. Because it's not just a case of bringing in all these guys that have never experienced the league or maybe have something to prove. You want guys that have done something as well. We had Kai Kamara last year. The things are pointing, and this was another thing that Glass City said, but I do want to maybe take a little bit of umbrage with this. It looks like Kai Kamara's not coming back. We heard that this week, that it, it looks like Kai's not coming back. Glass City, though, tweeted that it was because he had been disruptive in the locker room. Yeah. Now, from everyone I've spoken to, players, coaching staff, front office staff, completely different message coming out about Kai Kamara he was far from being the cancer in the locker room and he was excellent in the locker room this year yeah I, yeah I, I heard about this about about 24 hours before I saw the tweets about this so I heard, I heard about this the uh, first part about Kai Kamara not coming back yeah, you know, yeah. about not coming back not about, the second about part him not coming back yeah. and the crazy thing is then when I saw the tweets about it and then I saw this whole locker room stuff it just it, it's it's such rubbish. Like it's so like yep. just like not true, and I can only makes think, you wonder why. So I'm not or qu- who would want yes. that out there. Yeah, well, and I'm not, so I'm not questioning uh, Glass City because I think Glass City is just passing on information. Oh yeah, I think he's it's genuinely told. that's so what I'm told. So I'm not questioning him, no, or her, uh, but I am questioning. Uh, I am questioning uh, the motives behind who's giving this information because exactly. this mo- this information yeah. is not accurate to anyone in that. Uh, in that locker room, and so it feels and like again, it feels like uh, people have been talking about this on, on, online, online the last yeah. couple days. It some like some Tim people, Parker. Tim Parker, yeah, yeah it I feels saw, like I saw Jay Duke t- tweet that out yeah. first. Let, let, let's like, like let's make too. people think he was a problem, and so or part of this problem that arose at the the last uh, the press conference thing that you guys were at there. Because um, I've I've talked to people on the streets. On the, the tough streets, you're and, like Hucky Bear. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, he's AFTN's Hucky I, Bear. I've, I've heard word on the street that you know people are saying that it makes no sense for them not to bring him back unless he's, his demands are exorbitant. And he didn't say that. He said money was not an issue. He, for him. I, I think you, I think you and I talked about this in his in his thing. He said money is not my number one thing. Which I think did you not say to me they said people would use that against him, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, so yeah, it, this is. It's sad. It's sad to see them paint him. Try and paint him in this light. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more action in the in the plain side. And before the end of the year is out, pretty much, there was a lot of action in the coaching side because MDS has finally confirmed who his coaching staff is. His brother Philip DeSantis is in as his assistant. So no big surprise there. After a year being with Martin Rennie at Indy Eleven. He's got a UEFA A license. He worked with Mark with the Ottawa side that reached the 2015 USL Championship and the 2017 NASL Champs San Francisco Deltas. So I think that's a good appointment. And I know from talking to, to Mark DeSantis before, he feels his brother has what it takes to be coaching at a high level on his own, never mind being an, an assistant. And he's still only 40. If anyone is concerned about nepotism, 
Um, this does not rank in the top three cases of nepotism that should con- concern you about the Whitecaps. Oh, we're we going to do a flash five of nepotism. <laughs> oh, I got the music. Again. Yeah, let's get that ready. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's a good appointment. The only thing is, but what we've got Dos Dos Santos, so we need to get a name for that. Not the Dossers, because again, in UK slang, that means a completely <laughs> different thing altogether. The other assistant manager, I've no idea much about him, Vanni Sartini. He holds a UEFA Pro license, which is above the the A. Seven years coaching experience in Italy. Most recently, a, a course educator with US Soccer for the Pro license. He's a young coach as well, at 42. We've got a new goalkeeping coach, 46-year-old Daha Youssef, who spent last season with Montreal's USL affiliate Ottawa. So he brought on, obviously, Maxime Crepo. We'll give him all the credit for Crepo winning goalkeeper of the year. But he's been involved with Mark since 2004, the old USL days and all the history and, and stuff that goes with that. Good coaching staff. Mark knows him well, obviously trusts him. Well, we, we, we don't know that, but we, yeah, you have to, well, if you trust the coach, you yes. have to trust the, 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 the coach. Any concerns that there's no MLS experience amongst those guys? Uh, well, no, because the, the main coach has MLS experience at this point. But limited A couple well. of years. Yeah. He's, he's coached with Peter Vermees. Um, and he's coached with Bob Bradley. Yeah. So that None is a head coach. But yeah. it, I think it'll suit the Whitecaps. Do you expect just, an assistant to come in with no, head coaching no, experience? No, but it'll, 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 suit, it'll suit them because it keeps the wage bill down. And, uh, and again, they're, they're people that, they can be, that can be controlled. Oh, boy. And last bit uh, of news from the Whitecaps. Confirm what we, we broke two weeks ago. They're going to Hawaii for preseason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have heard little murmurs that they're quite desperate for some media to go down there and, and kind of cover the team. So we're available. If you want to send us down, at, we, we can do our live shows from at there. The, at the MDS thing with supporters the other day, they were like, someone's like, oh, what are you doing for preseason? And he kind of didn't answer or whatever. I was like, oh, they're going to Hawaii. And he's like, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know that? <laughs> did you, was, did you throw no, me under I the bus I didn't again? mention your name. That <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll be back. the closet. <laughs> We'll be back with some more White Cats and MLS chat after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. The Buzzcocks, Everybody's Happy Nowadays, which is a song I won't play at my funeral. Right. It'll be good and as well. Va- and the Vampire. Yeah, and the Vampire as well has to get played. As the Vampire goes into the big fire, everybody's happy If nowadays. you're listening to the podcast and you know don't know the Vampire, just listen once to a live show. And yeah, you'll... I'll stick it in the Christmas show. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll actually include it in the Christmas also, show. Also, could you put it back on your jacket? That sure makes, makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, I am wearing my Buzz... or one of my many Buzzcocks t-shirts. 
their first single, <laughs> Orgasm Addict. Steve, you just gave it like a really long stare. No, it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. It's art. It's yeah. art, Zach. No, it's... If you haven't seen the cover for the Buzzcocks Orgasm Addict single, check it out. Sad news this week is the lead singer of the Buzzcocks, my all-time favourite band, Pete Shelley, died. I saw he was trending on Twitter, which is always a bad sign. Oh, <laughs> Especially when it's a 70s punk band, you're thinking... Don't think he's that big that he's just released a new single that everyone in the world is talking about it. But I went up, I was at work, saw it, I had tears in my eyes, I was really upset. It's Of all the musicians and folk that's died, it's probably the one that really upsets me the most because it was the first band I ever got into. And we're going to come to something that you got into for the first time in, in part five. Sure. Spoiler. <laughs> it's not linked to Orgasm Addict. <laughs> thought I'd stress that. I was going to play Orgasm Addict and then go, and all the White Cats fans will be having orgasms at the, the signings that Mark DeSantos is making this year. But instead, let's just say that everybody's happy nowadays because we've got a new head coach and there's yeah. a new attack-minded philosophy we feel at the, the White Caps. Not a flat-pack philosophy, which was another Buzzcocks album. But you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And we're going to have more Buzzcock songs during the show. No Mad Hat McGore this week, Zaka. I cut that out for all the Buzzcock stuff. I know you'll be, be gutted. So we'll have a double dose of Mad Hat next week. <laughs> no uh, Mad Hatters. Just the, up until just the BCs. Because we've got the Christmas no. song. No. Oh, damn it. Up until, the, up until Pete Shelley had died, I'd spent the whole week listening to Scottish rap. So I would broaden my horizons and have Mog and other Scottish rap artists. <laughs> but... A lot of Buzzcocks and Pete Shelley to come. And a lot more Whitecaps and MLS chat. Because last week we had a look at some of the goalkeepers and defenders that options weren't picked up, free agents, out of contract. Available for the draft, re-entry draft. Most people online didn't watch to touch any of them. Who knows, we might. We still need some centre-backs. Even if they come here, I'm still not going to touch them. why, Why can't I touch it? Is another Buscock song. I'll just drop all these throughout the, the whole show. But we're going to have a look at some midfielders that are going to be available and have some of our listeners' thoughts on that as well. Not a lot of forwards kind of tickled my pickle, but a lot of midfielders definitely did. One of them, not a hope in hell of getting this guy, but I thought I'd put him in as number one. Yamil Assad! Yeah, I don't That's see that the happening. the trans guys that were, if they're still listening from the show before. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't see that happening. No. 24-year-old Argentine. DC hadn't picked up his his option because he was on loan. Yeah, wasn't he? he's on. Yeah. He was on apparently a seven hundred thousand option to make the loan permanent from Vela Sarsfield, and they had to pay to do it. So he would have yeah. been a desert. I'd, player, st- I'd still swoop in and get him because oh, I don't know. sixteen goals and twenty one assists and sixty three appearances that excites me. Mm. But uh, not me. Are the are the was like the White Caps are supposed to get exciting players? Yeah. I think DeSantis can do better. Sorry, that's a foreshadowing. You're, you're so cynical. No, no, that's a foreshadowing to what we're going to talk about later. Yeah, probably. A guy, though, that... He's on a big ticket as well. He was on 625000 in 2018 with LAFC, so he knows Boy. Benny Failhaber. I, I've liked Benny Failhaber for a while. Eight seasons in MLS, New England, KC, LAFC... This would be a big splash, but he's 33 just now. He's going to be 34 pre-season, but before the season kicks off. So he's a veteran. It's Is a veteran young. worth that kind of it's money? It's kind of young up? for the Whitecaps, though. 
He, I don't think I don't can't see him coming in because someone like that coming in, that age, that you're, that price, I can't. I can't. And, see and then essentially you're taking a spot away because you're. I'm assuming you're still bringing a designated player, and you're taking a spot away from a younger player that they yeah. well, they want to you know move up with this. KC you know, fans have previously talked about him having a little bit of an ego and kind of diva tendencies. You think? I don't know. They said that about Kai Kamara, and that's what types so no, well. But Phil Haber. Yeah. 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 But so I, I, a lot of folk and our listeners like that. But another guy who I this could think be would this be, could be yeah, doable. I think this this is a possibility. Christian Martinez from Columbus. I know it's a strange name to throw. He's twenty one. He was highly touted when he joined the crew in twenty sixteen. Made twenty eight appearances. Only fourteen of them starts though in the kind of three seasons that he spent there. One goal and two assists, so not a great output. Yeah. But he's only on 73,500, basically. And he's had two caps with Panama. And he's thought to be one for the future. Now, this sounds like Whitecaps material. <laughs> well, it sounds like Whitecaps material, maybe under Robo. I don't know about under MDS. Have you not heard him say, though, I am going to get le- more from less? Like the- I've heard him say in South Korea and China a lot. So I feel we're more looking at maybe the Asian market. So the next guy, actually, I had on my list as a decent, um, uh, you know, backup. Uh, and remember, we're talking all these guys as backups for depth. Yes, Mike, unless unless we get Assad. Yeah, Mike Mike Grella. Yes, uh, a winger. Grelladino, uh, as they call. Him. Yeah, I think I think the, he, the monsoon I, we would call him. Mike puts, he the monsoon Grella puts in a solid effort. You know, bombs it down the thing. He's not obviously not technically sound, but he can definitely put you in on his effort on the off the bench. Thirty one. Yeah. Four years experience in MLS after a spell in Europe. He was drafted in 2009 by TFC, then went to Europe. Two great seasons with Red Bulls, then a pretty poor one with them and a pretty poor one with the crew. So you maybe wonder where are his best days behind him? Can he recapture his form? He sounds like a kind of guy that, like some of the guys that we're, we're bringing in, like McMath, maybe have something to prove. Crepo has something to prove. Grella maybe has something to prove. He's on 197 and a half right now. So but it not, could be higher next yeah, year. Yeah, not, not a lot of money. But th- these are guys that you maybe don't want to take in stage one of the re-entry draft. You want to get them in stage two because stage one, you're taking their current salary. Stage two, you can at least renegotiate with them. His first two years in New York were impressive. 16 goals, 13 assists from 71 appearances. This year, though, just one goal and one assist from 12 appearances. Yeah. But I... I think that could be a possibility. Again, it it doesn't scream like he's not a starter. Yeah, yeah. he's not a starter. starter. Doesn't seem like excitement. Um, And but there's other there's other spots on the depth chart where you can't have a starter on like at the thirtieth player. So So it's but can you is is it best to squad build by bringing in every single one of your depth players first? Like it It does seem an odd way of doing it. Feels weird. Yeah, if if that is. But, I mean, oh, he might already have his big names lined up, but he just can't, can't announce them yet. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. So there's can't that as well. Him, yeah. So he, he he might know who he wants. For example, Andy Rose, if he comes yeah, but over, when you have to feel... I hear coaches like ticket. having lists of when you're the, people when, they want to bring when in. You're the manager, when you're the manager of the Cup, knowing who you want and getting what you want are two very, very different things. Yes. All the tales we could tell. In fact, let's let's maybe tell some of them in our Christmas show. Wait, what? We can have fireside chats with Zach and Michael. I, I've I'll always just wanted, sit over here. I've, <laughs> I <was> like, yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a, a 
fireside chat with Bob Lenarduzzi where he's just telling tales of the NASL days. Uh, I thought that'd be a, a fun thing to do. You know who likes to Have talk? You, you know who you can do background. a good fireside chat with? Another Bob? Bob Lilly. <laughs> the dude likes to talk. But it's... Was he not boring? Well, for players, yeah, because he talked during training. Like, he talked as much as they trained kind of thing. Oh, okay. So training sessions would be two hours and at least 45 minutes we're talking. But he's interesting to talk about the game with. Now, another guy, and this this is... Next couple of guys we're going to look at are guys from the Western Conference, which I'm not sure how, how oh, much we might get guys from the no, West. No, you can but, get them because yeah. you can, if you want to pick them up. Oh, of course, well, all, these, all these options are available. Yeah. But like on, on the whole, I don't know how much... Western teams are going to want to give us guys, but Houston, we yeah. talked about all the Houston players we did want, Manitas, Albert Ellis, Ar- Arturo Alvarez. I honestly have never heard of him. I don't even think I've ever seen him play. He can play in both wings. He's old. He's left-footed, isn't he? He's yeah. 33, Elva El Salvadorian international. Oh, that explains 12 that. seasons in the league since 2003, so he is, he's a veteran. Yeah, you know him. I, I honestly don't. I, I couldn't recall him if I saw Did him. Did he play in he, Chicago? He's been all over. Yeah. 32 goals if, and 31 I, assists in his career. I wouldn't recognize him if he walked in here and had a t shirt that <laughs> said, I'm out of I wouldn't know if it was him. Chris but, Pontius. Yeah, yeah. But you recognize Chris Pontius. Chris I, Pontius. To, I to be honest, I wouldn't recognize most of these guys anyway. No, Pontius, I, I've seen, I remember playing. He actually had a couple of good games against the Whitecaps in the early couple of years. Uh, I remember that. Like, at that time, everybody's saying, oh, Chris Pondy is mm. the next, next Wondolowski or whatever. They he, say. He's an odd one. The thoughts are that the Galaxy are going to renegotiate with him. But mm. right now, he's a free agent. So obviously, it's in his benefit to keep his options open. Maybe he'll get a Samsung phone. <laughs> I think they're allowed in Canada still, so we're okay there. He's out of contract right now. He only went to LA Galaxy this year. He was on 175 this year. I think he was with DC for a long time. Yeah, long 10 time. seasons in the league, 51 goals, 35 assists. Seems like another kind of perfect experienced veteran. Because I still feel we need to get oh, yeah. an experienced vet. The thing is with him is he was, like I said, when he, in his first couple of years in 2011, 2012, a lot of people thought of very highly of him. He had like, a, I think he had a severe broken leg or some major knee damage. And that really put his uh, career on hold or, or like stagnated it completely. I think the Galaxy will probably keep him work a deal out. And you probably want to stay he, in he LA. He seems to too. really like life in LA, yeah, because yeah. he does his music stuff and things as well. But another LA Galaxy guy who I would be quite excited if we got this guy. And he's got speed. Yeah, speed to burn. And of course, we've seen how well that works in the White Caps in years gone by. Emmanuel Boating. He's a former track star, which would explain why. Why he's fast. And, and Zach fr- gets a Ghanaian back on the team. Yeah, he's from Ghana. Yeah. Bring on the Black Stars. He, he remember, he last, uh, the Black Stars is the name of the Ghanaian national. Oh, phew. he knows that. <laughs> he's just getting you off the of way. Um, remember last year, he tweeted out and everyone went kind of crazy. He tweeted out a picture of like he was coming to visit Vancouver or something. There was like a picture yeah. of a plane ticket from LA so to Vancouver. And, uh, no one can go on holiday in MLS anymore without folk like, oh my God, he's getting transferred. Yeah. He's had three seasons in the league with LA. 89 appearances, 10 goals, 16 assists. He's out of contract. LA again renegotiating with him. I think we come in with a decent offer. He's going to like it up here. The only thing about him is that I don't like, he seems to be a guy that stays on the periphery. 
like mm-hmm. wide. He doesn't really uh, venture into the box, and that's why I do. He, I genuinely don't know what his defensive works like. Well, either. yeah, I don't know either. But I don't know about that. But I know, I know you because he picks up a lot of assists, and I'm assuming that's from crossing. But uh, DeSantos likes his wingers like attacking yeah. the net, so I don't know how much he fit. Michael, I, th- I think you might like him here because I think he would be someone you could interview where you, you look down at, at them because <laughs> he's pretty short, dude. From what I remember, I'm five eight. Oh, okay. That's You're thinking about another height? reporter. Um, no, no, I'm thinking of Michael. Um, no, no isn't, next, it, isn't he really short? Yeah, he's like probably five six or five. Do you know, five. when I drew up this list, I didn't look at height. Okay. Um, was it, was I, it did, my I didn't mean to find all your faults. I, I don't see height. Yeah. <laughs> now, musically, next. Especially small folk. I'm, I'm, the musically, the next guy you would love to have. Music. Oh, not, yes. Not hooray, happening. Not happening. Hooray, hooray for Mulholland. Luke Mulholland lets me play my Frank Black song if we sign him. He's 30. Option was declined. He's English, so that does that's a tick again. But he's him. probably got a green card because he's been here for yeah. five years. Five years in the league. Only made four appearances for RSL this past year, but two of those were in the playoffs. He, he sounds like a guy that, like, because he's, he's 35 years. I think he came out of the draft. He was, like, in NCAA. I think he probably, uh, he was one of those players that showed up late for the NCAA and then uh, kind mm. of spent until 25 and decided to A lot to play. of English guys get good scholarships after yeah. they, they've not made it in the English game yeah. and then they come over here. But, I mean, look at the fun we could have. We could go, look, Mulholland, and stuff, joke like that. Yeah. To go with the gyro jokes, we'll be setting new trends. Look, this will work in our pulled off at halftime <laughs> video show. Yeah, I, I know that would definitely would work. Yeah. But I mean, he's he's not on too much. Your, your reaction to Black Stars would work too if we did that at the time. I've yeah. got some great, great things planned for this video series that we're going to be doing. Get your pulled off at halftime t-shirts. <laughs> I did look at some other guys and ruled them out, like Bajo Husidic. Yeah, too no. much. Who he's a, he's old, former goat. Tommy McNamara. No, Tom, I think there's a chance. That yeah, he could, he could, he could. He's kind of been lost. He was really good yeah, with Chivas. That's, that's the thing. He's been lock, lost with New York City. Yeah, FC. this could be again the kind of player that Mark DeSantis wants to revitalize. Rodney Wallace. Not a chance. Yeah. Nah. Not a chance. <laughs> He'll just talk to his international teammates and they'll tell him, and he won't come. A couple of guys I have is uh, Richie uh, Laria from Orlando. Um, he's Canadian. Canadian? Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a Sigma guy. Yeah, he's Wait. former runner, runner with uh, Kyle Lauren. I personally think we've got far too many Canadians okay. now. Let's move on. Uh, Nick DeLeon. I know you mentioned him in the yeah. fullbacks, but he could play winger yeah. too. That could I, be an option. I still like DeLeon. Sonny from RSL? Cher. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying you, oh. could, you have the musical options there too. Oh, that, oh yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're I'm listening looking, to I'm this, I'm looking out for you. I'm just just you. sign guys that we've got. Like, so we've got exploited songs for Gyro. Um, we've got Frank Black songs for Mulholland. Sunny and Cher just writes itself. Yeah. Forwards. Yes, there wasn't a lot of forwards that kind of jumped out to me. Chicago's Euro Movsisian. He's on over two million though, no, so I'm thinking probably happen. not. I, there was a comment from Caleb Wilkins. Actually, was it Caleb Wilkins? No, it was high on caps, actually, that said, why would you want someone like Yura? He's just another Breck Shea, and you spent all year shitting on Breck Shea. Uh, I think he's different than Breck Shea, to be honest, but I also don't think his style of play fits what MDS wants to do. For me, there's only maybe two strikers that you might want to have an interest at in, in these drafts that's coming up. One is Colorado's Jack McBean. I, I consider if, you, if you're going to pick him up, why not just keep Eric Hurtado? I guess because Eric has at least shown better promise in, in recent years than McBean, who and he won't seems get lost to have to been on a bit of a downward spiral. He knows spiral. his way around True. McBean's only on basically 69,000. Yeah, so it's very similar. Yeah. 
He's only 23, though, so it's That's, like... That was a surprising oh, part for me. Yeah. Because he broke through from the Whereas LA... Whereas Eric's he's, up he 26, from, 27. He, he broke oh, through from the LA, LA DC definitely knows how old he is. He broke through from the LA youth team, Yeah. Right? I mean, he so was, he's been he was, around for like five years. Yeah. Okay, so maybe he is worth it a little bit. But I mean, again, it's his best days behind him. A lot of folk were like, wouldn't touch him with a with a bars bowl. Two goals and one assist with the Rapids this year, but the Rapids were crap. So is a, a bars pole, you said? Barge pole. Oh, okay, is that 10 foot? That 10 foot. Okay, so that makes sense. Not touch him with a 10 foot. Okay. I, I would touch him. I'm just saying the other folk wouldn't. A guy I think I would touch, and I, I never thought I would say this. Yeah, I have him on my list too. And again, the jokes that we could have about we've got rickets and lots of 1880s gags that we can bring in. Tosant rickets. Tosant rickets, yes. 31-year-old Edmontonian. His option was declined. He could, of course, head to the CPL. He could be a flagship signing with Edmonton or somebody. No, he's another guy who's on 203 right now, but he could be on like 350 or 400 next year. You never know. Yeah, I think if we got him in stage two, we could definitely get him a lot cheaper than that. He uh, he's a guy I think he could scores. Pot- he could potentially fit MD- what MDS yeah. wants, wants to do as your as your backup striker. He had he's had he had limited minutes and appearances in TFC. Fifty eight appearances, fifteen goals and two assists in that time is a not bad return. I could also see him being a, one of those players who like drops out of the what do you call it the double reentry. Yeah, craziness. just to keep his options because he wants to stay in Toronto and he's willing to maybe yeah. rework something with them. True. But at least he's from Edmonton, so he likes the waste. But, I mean, he they could make a, a a deal to get him as a big-name signing in CPL. I'm not sure that the CPL signings, though, are kind of going to be matching what those kind of guys I, I, I want. Think, I think he's got enough to show, like, to stay in MLS for a couple, at least one more year, yeah. another couple. Darren Mattox is available. Do we, do we bring him back to carry the team? No, but I'd rather uh, sign Kakuta Mane. His yeah. contract is up soon. Yeah, oh, his contract it? is up soon, yes. That's what I heard. New York Red Bulls also revealed their list on Tuesday. We didn't get a chance because we didn't know who we were going to release. And Aurelian Collin was on that list, who I would have loved years ago, but he's just too slow. I just wanted to mention that. I also heard, I think, uh, Kakuda is maybe wanting to go back to America after his time at St. Holland in oh. Switzerland. So we're not, not here then? Because we're Canada, Zach. Oh, maybe I might have said... Are, are, are you mixing all the countries together? I might are have, you Don Garber? I might have heard MLS. Oh. Not... So let's go to the listeners. Yeah, listeners had a, a few thoughts. Uh, Jack Hamill, Caps on Tap, said, Benny Failharbour, he really likes him, but also Boateng, as did early Christmas Spencer, Spanker Claus, I like that name. Breton Caps Offside said Failharbour and Grilla. Yep. Peter Hicken says, Boateng could be interesting. Failharbour would be a good pickup, although he's never personally been a fan of him. And... He wouldn't want a 34-year-old in that kind of money, but on way less, possibly... I just don't. I think Phil Haber is going to want a big ticket to to close out his career. At uh, Jen Galiski uh, said Euro would be a good if he dropped his salary if re- renegotiations. Um, and but high, high in caps, like you said before, yeah. he's another brick shay. Um, Dre, uh, design illicit, said Rickett seems like he fits MDS's plans, like like Zach said, and also Phil Haber on a cheaper ticket. Sebastian Lessard at Footy Seb uh, said Pontius. Thomas Brown, uh, who is downtown Brown, I think he's part of Canucks Abroad, yep. uh, is a fan of Phil Haber, and he'll know MDS from both KC and LAFC. That price ticket, though, again. Yeah, and it's a tough thing. El Canico is only interested in Steve's pick of Grella, yeah. 
But even then, as a veteran and in a that, role, that's what is, I'm. Yeah, that's totally. what I'm into too. Yep. Yeah, not as a starter for sure. And it was El Canico who said that too many on the list are MLS 2.0, yeah. and he feels we've moved past that. Really, but I thought we were in MLS 0.0. So yeah, I don't think. The Did you not see the train? Did you not see the train at the final? No. Yo, you didn't see the TV? No. I didn't watch the the final. I just fast forwarded through it. Uh, the the TIFO for I Atlanta. The last Ten minutes. They did again some good shiny, you know, placards or little flags or whatever. But um, it was their the raising part of their TIFO was uh, a train, Atlanta and the rails and all that, or whatever. It was a train coming through, and stu- stupid thing said MLS three and it's I forgot the words were now. On either side, it said we won't stop until we get what we want is that the one that was paid for by the front office probably no i i mean no I, i'm sure the front office is involved in this it it depends on how the front office is involved in these things the, no what if, if the, the front, front op- office just shows up to somebody from the front office shows up drops a suitcase and just walks away yeah like if <laughs> no seriously if you're if it's a something if you want to do that on the show here you can do that yeah. we can book no but if, to if you're the supporters you say we want to do this thing this is this thing uh and and you're the one who's the people who are in control of everything. That's one thing. Like when we did the when we did the 40th anniversary uh, uh, thing uh, to kick off the 40th anniversary season, we we worked with the South Side and Rain City to do a display. We went to the front office and said, "Look, we want to do this display. We think it would look great if you if you could take care of the rest of the stadium that we're not in and take care of that. We'll pay for the RN and you pay for that to make it all." And they said, "No, it's too expensive." Mm-hmm. Getting back to the listeners, Caleb Wilkins says Boateng, because of his production per 90 minutes, rests no better than what the Cups already have or used to have. Uh, no interest in McBean's lack of productivity, but if Hurtado moves on, Ricketts would be a possibly good addition. I think it would be an upgrade over Ricketts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of the flow likes Fail Haber. Many Sabri says Boateng, Fail Haber, too old to be a tam player. Chris Harrop said Martinez worth a look and still has potential at his young age. Which is what you said earlier. Mm. So that's it for, for this section. We'll see the, the drafts are coming up. Expansion draft on Tuesday. Then we've got stage one of the re-entry draft. And then next week is stage two of the re-entry draft. We mentioned as well that a player that was a bit of trade talk for the Whitecaps leaving was Eric Curtado. So we thought it's a good time if he's going to leave to find out what he would like Fish and chips wise. It's fish and chips, chips and fish. My oh my, what a wonderful dish. Put some salt and vinegar on, and you'll be licking your lips. So, Eric, if you're out for fish and chips, do you have salt and vinegar? Salt on its own, or salt and sauce of some kind? Salt and vinegar, like the chips kind? Yeah. Oh, I love salt and vinegar chips. I love those, yeah. For sure. I'll have those by myself. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. How much is the fish? How much is the fish? How much is the chips? Does the fish have chips? How much is the fish? How much is the chips? How much is the fish? Does the fish have chips? Hi, I'm Kakuda Mane. You're listening to AFTN Soccer Show. Right from the start, I play my part in this show. What it today was yesterday, who know? Take your time, don't worry. There's no need to hurry. Anything can happen, given time. 
Shelley there, the dearly departed, with Guess I Must Have Been In Love With Myself, from one of his three, well, technically four solo albums, because his first solo album was in the mid-70s called Sky Yen, which I have a signed copy of, it's unlistenable, it's that weird, you know the kind of music that Yoko Ono did, that yes. weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's experimental, like, yeah, it's all that, it's really, can't listen to it, yeah. But you could listen to it if you're like maybe in a deep trance or yeah. something. Yeah, oh, it's awful. But his other but, three solo albums in the 80s when the Buzzcocks temporarily split up yeah. are fantastic. But uh, In Love With Yourself kind of fits Atlanta's uh, theme. Exactly, you know, which is why I picked it, yeah, it because we're going to talk MLS Cup in nice this segue. part. And Atlanta, especially their fans, certainly are in love with themselves. So the MLS Cup was on Saturday, and I was joking in the last part. I, I did watch it. And I've got to say... It was a pretty crap cup final. Portland just never turned up. That's what the, I, That kind of fits my whole thing about why Kansas City, I felt like, was screwed over. Uh, not, not totally screwed over, but the whole yellow card wasn't a second yellow card. and that's some of that. that would have been a, such a better final. Because I think MLS felt like this was an easy opponent for Atlanta. And I just I didn't think there was much for Portland to go up against. I thought I agree with you. Sporting fit... It would yeah, have attacked and it would have been a game. great going back and forth. I mean, MLS everything. headquarters will have loved Atlanta winning because it fits their marketing to perfection. Well, it's just it's, exactly what, it's just what pay, they needed. Pay $150 million, invest in your side, and you can, oh, yeah. win, you can win in two yeah. years. I agree with you there. And the MLS MVP. Well, this, this was the, uh, for uh, certain people in the Vancouver uh, front office, this was the worst winner that possibly could happen because <laughs> yes, these guys actually true. spent money. Yeah. Two years in a row, the the team that has won has been one of the you know yeah because well I guess three years in a row, yes yes it is. Someone made an interesting point. I can't remember who it was. It was someone on Twitter that for the last three MLS Cups, although Seattle won one of them, the Western Conference teams have been dominated by the Eastern Conference. Yeah, only one two though, so it doesn't count for much. But you, the, the the Eastern Conference teams have been higher spending teams. Hmm. Sorry, well, Columbus. That's three. That's three. Mm. That's three or three or four. four. Yeah. Yeah. Portland, there's no getting away from it. They just, I don't know. But Portland wasn't without their chance. Like, I, no, I know, the game the, was not great. Chances, Portland didn't but... play at their levels. But, they, I mean, they weren't, They were. to me, I felt never felt like they were out of it. Like, even I heard Arthur, oh, no. or even Arthur Blank said, oh, no, this is, you know, after they went up 2-0, this reminds me of the Super Bowl game they lost there when they were, like, I think they hosted the Super Bowl or whatever, and their team was, like, killing it, and then they lost or whatever. The Falcons. I against, only watched the 49ers. Against, uh, the Falcons against the, since I've seen the New England Revolution uh, pigskin team. Oh, we should get her. She's like, yeah, her team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Boston the patriotic. Proud. The patriotic team. Yeah. So they. Um, to me, I never felt it was over. Even that, that chance at the end. You could see the chance near the end in the last ten minutes. They brought on Alvis Powell. Yeah. Uh, I think not to play right back or something somewhere <laughs> else, but um, he was put through and he like totally just gaffed or like mishit. Well, that's what happens when you put when he had time, when he had time to stop and like pass it into the far corner. And where I, was Lucas Milano? Well, that was okay. Where was Armenteros? He wasn't even the eighteen, right? I don't know why you're asking me. Well, because you, I thought I, you, don't, I don't pick the Portland team anymore. Yeah, okay, not well, not anymore. Just yeah. when Caleb was there, when they took off Elba Bise and put on Milano, that felt strange. Yeah. And it also felt strange that they didn't take off Polo because Polo was having a bit of a nightmare. No, no, no he's mint. No, he was having a nightmare, man. His his touch and his control and his pa- crossing passing was not good. And he should have been the first off, and it should have been less than half, like less than sixty minutes into the into the match. Would like you have the, pulled it, him off at half time? I would not have. But, I think. I think. But I would. I would. I could have seen. I 
Because I think he disappeared. I think I think he disappeared on the field. Because you could hear the Portland players yelling Marco. Mm-hmm. They were using Marco. Gio Savarese probably should have. should have pulled him off at halftime. But we'll ask Gio that next year. That's what we're going to ask all the coaches. If there's any halftime subs next year, I'm straight down there with that question. But a guy who didn't disappear got the goal when the assist. MLS's MVP, which was no big surprise that he got there at that. 35 goals this year in total. Joseph Martinez. Yeah. What a player. See you later. Well... Do Atlanta think, keep him? No, I think he's gone. There's no way. He so, said he so wants he, to be in Atlanta as long as they want him. Yeah, I think you're, uh, Atlanta no. wants the money first. Yeah. They want the money. <laughs> well, they they but, invested enough in him. They, they, if they don't sell him now, Atlanta's at, a, at this high, yeah. he's going to drop and the people are, that, that money's going to drop too that, yeah. that people are they, they should. They probably should sell him, but he... Uh, Almiron's going. Well, he's going on loan to Newcastle is what they say. To buy. Yeah, with loan with option to buy. That's crazy. Why would you go to Newcastle? Yeah. Anyways, they, they're going to be a no offense. Will Silver and all, because, the, all the because you go to Newcastle because if you can show you can do it at Newcastle, then you can show you can do it anywhere. John Harrop, I'm sorry. Um, no, the uh, Gordy, Gordy, I'm sorry. Um, Herdman, Herdy, <laughs> yeah, Herdy. Uh, the the first goal, it was like a, it was like Ibo Bise sort of didn't get control in the defender and it kind of just knocked the ball forward and it, it felt, was a great tackle. Mm. Parkers, it, it worked out well. I would, favorite. It's not like it, you call it a great tackle. It's not like he was trying to do that, right? It just it felt. Like it. And then, and then on top of that, Antonella like came out. I don't know, way too quickly, not at well, the right angle. That's what happens when you put Antonella in. It. Yeah, he's not a great keeper. There was it. But yeah, it was a good. Was, I mean, it was good finish by Martin. Did you Mark, see him against Martin Seattle that one game? It's done, done and dusted now. Let's move on. Got new things to look forward to. Who cares? Other MLS news this week. Mark Anthony Kay, as we talked about, has signed a new three-year deal, so he's not coming here. But around the MLS Cup, we always get everyone. It's like it's like Santa Claus has come to town. Well, you talk about sitting down by the fire and having a chat. Yeah, Don Garber's State of the League address. I know. I personally look forward to that every year. Now, a lot of things to come from it. We're going to talk about a lot of things. This is exciting. I've never <laughs> been this excited to talk about one of these. <laughs> it was Jonathan Tannenwald tweeted out. On Friday, a couple of quotes, yeah, a couple of quotes from it that Don Garber basically called out Greg Kerfoot and Vancouver ownerships that they need to spend this Fonzie money on an exciting talent. And they need to re- replace him. Now, the, you did you actually watch, you watched it, right? Yeah, we've got the audio. How, how was up. the tone? Well, you'll oh. hear it. No, no. Shortly. How how was he like like facially? Then how was the audio a video? I try like, and not look at his face. I- <laughs> I know you don't want to turn to stone or something like that, right? No. I like listening to him because the way that he delivers words is very Donald Trump. Just the way he says certain words and his tone and his just up and down delivery. Is it because they share a first name? Maybe. Maybe every American called Don. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to the, the juicy stuff. You could take it that he called out the front office in Vancouver. Well, well okay. But yeah, okay. did you take it that way from the quote? Well, even before something we're going to talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. there's no way, in my mind, there's no way he would say something like that publicly without having said it privately, in my, in my opinion, before, even before yes. I saw the, the, the newspaper article. However, I think it's, uh, it's nice, oh, sorry, I was going to say it's good. I think it's nice, uh, as, uh, I think it's nice to see, finally see someone of, uh, a, a beyond a supporter or a fan Call Greg Kerfoot and the Vancouver ownership and the Vancouver FO 
to some level of accountability because they ignore it. They heavily ignore it from their supporters, from their fans, from the people in the city and kind of hold themselves above all of those people. And now someone who has authority above them has, is it, it, it did call them out, whether he backtracked later or whatever. Yeah. He well, did call them out. Let's get to that backtrack because Don Garber's not happy about how things were reported. And he did an interview on TSN before the cup final on Saturday with Christian Jack and Luke Wildman. And I'll, I'll quickly read through this. This is his whole quote. He said, I think that rep- that, that reporting was not fair. It wasn't what I said. Now, that, those words are important. It wasn't what I said, because we're going to play what he said shortly. Ultimately, Greg Kerfoot is responsible for developing the most valuable player that's ever been developed in Major League Soccer. Not sure how much involvement Greg Kerfoot <laughs> had in that. Beside and, writing the check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And to sell him for what he did is an unbelievable statement about his team, about our player development strategy, and about our league being a league of choice. Again, not really sure Alfonso Davies has anything to do with MLS's player development strategy. Now, Greg has got to figure out what he's going to do to ensure that his team becomes competitive. And ultimately, that's a decision that he's going to make. So, Greg, if you're watching... You know these media people, he said with a chortle. And then Luke Wildman and KJ chortled with him as I screamed profanities at my screen. Yeah, seriously. Because they are, they're supposed to be media people yes, too. I know. So, if you haven't heard what Don Garber said, I want you to get the full context. So this is the full quote. Here's what he said. We need to become more of a selling league. And for those of you who don't, you know, some of you I've got long, close relationships with, you know, as a person who has been selling this league for nearly 20 years, I've always believed that you needed to have the, uh, the, the players that resonated in your market to be those that could be aspirations for young kids who are peeking through the fence when they see them train. And we all need to get, over my multi-decades, get used to the fact that in the world of global, of global soccer, Players get sold. I reviewed a whole list of them over the last couple of days. You know, Lukaku's 25. I think he's had four or five teams that he's played for. Now, those clubs have a, and starting at Anderlecht, right? So in those countries, they don't need to worry about building the league. The, the leagues are already built. So we have this careful balance as to how do you retain your stars and how do you create consistency, which is consistent with the major leagues here in our country, even though they get traded to different cities, but they're still on their broadcast partners and a part of you know, the narrative uh, where we have uh, a different dynamic. We're part of the global game, part of the beautiful game. Uh, so we have been buying for so long, and as we've gone through the analysis, it's hard to justify that investment and the investment that we have to make in player development. We've got to have something that turns this model around or else it's, it's going to be unsustainable. Uh, so when I see Alfonso Davies uh, get sold for what could be $22 million, uh, that's a positive thing for the league. Now, Greg Kerfoot and, uh, and his club need to use that money to bring somebody in that's going to be as exciting as Alfonso, and that's what happens around the world. Uh, and that's what our teams are going to need to do. So I think pretty obvious he did say yeah. they need to I mean you can read between the lines and it doesn't take much it's, reading between the lines fi- very fine lines <laughs> they need to spend this money to get because, some exciting talent in because the original question wasn't even about Alfonso Davies it, it was yeah it was about players leaving players leaving MLS is that good for the league and should you be trying to bring players in as opposed to players leaving do you not want your young players to be playing here and which is it, why he starts off by saying yeah 
we need to become more of a selling league. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, yes, he wasn't like, it was definitely not a vicious way he said it, but it was definitely, he pointed out the Whitecaps yeah. out of all of them. Because Tyler Adams was just sold a little while ago. So the question could have been about Tyler Adams being sold. But it's yes. only, well, only th- there was a lot of talk about Tyler Adams before this question So why did you bring well. up why did you bring up the Red Bulls and say well, the Red Bulls gotta get somebody? No, that's because, Tyler because Tyler Adams only three million and they I know. only have a yeah. part of the sell on. And it was sold within this awkward group of clubs. Yeah, like, yeah. like, guys, guys, guys. You know these media people. Yeah, you know them. You know all them. that was missing was fake news at the end. Just yeah. to tie in with it. Now I get your Trump references. Yeah. No, again. He's trying to walk something back that he he obviously said. And again, I don't. I don't. I, I think he he works for the owners essentially. So if if the owners are not happy with him, he's going to have to walk it back. Well, you, you do commissioners want, like, tend I mean, to work for the owners. You know, you're right, yeah. Steve. But this is one owner, and if he this is an owner who is obviously not in line with many of the other owners. No, right. So I I I also feel though that when the Whitecaps saw that tweet and then heard it. Them and Greg Carefoot will have been furious. There's no way they can have been happy about that. So, and they're probably not happy it, the way it's been reported as well. But why? But why? Like, wh- wh- this shows how, if that's true, that shows how small these people are. Why would you get mad? This is, this is a good thing. You you should want to spend that money to bring in an exciting player. Yeah, but th- this is then what I want to ask. Should and and I know it's single entity, but should a commissioner? in a state of the league address, be calling out a specific owner? Should he be interfering in what these owners spend? Well, I feel like he pulled a Russell Tybert there. Ooh. Well, maybe he doesn't feel like they've been spending enough, like like most but, people. But should he be interfering in that? Whitecaps are in the league. Yeah, well, you talk about single entity. Yeah, if he, if he feels it's going to hurt the overall single entity, their approach, then maybe he feels it's best to call them out. And again, I don't think he's calling them out blindly or whatever, even though he tried to walk it back. I think there there's more to it than that. Yeah. But but regardless, it's it's nice to see someone try and call them a, a call them to account for their approach and if they are indeed being all upset or furious about this again it shows how they struggle with with being in control and and being the ones who dictate everything and whatever and it is probably healthy for them to be called out but i think they would they would say they would like to keep this in the locker room basically or in the mls owner's locker room and they don't want to let out oh the private private members club's going to be awkward when they have the next meeting but there was, a, there was a few other interesting comments made. So we'll talk a little bit about some stuff that was... I've cut all the questions out just to try and keep this shorter. So some stuff about the playoff format and expansion, DP, stuff like that. So he, let's just hear a little bit more from the Dawn. Uh, there's been lots of talk about changes to the playoff format. format. Uh, we've been looking hard at it. We're going to be talking to our board about it uh, next week. Uh, and uh, my, my guess is that we're probably going to end up with something that's a little bit different than we have now. Uh, but uh, we'll wait to go through our ownership meeting before we formally announce that. Uh, The idea here is to continually work on making the regular season become more and more important. So winning in March is as early as important as winning in September or October. And our playoff format, the one that we're uh, evaluating, I think is really going to place a very, very high emphasis, strong emphasis on the regular season. Well, you know, Grant, this is a big country. I, I could remember when, when we first started looking at expansion and I came in at 12, went down to 10. You know, we went up to 14 in 2005. Uh, I don't know that at that time we ever thought we'd be at the size we are now. 
and there has been so much that's gone on over the last decade or more in this sport uh, that has been empowering a lot of the interest in cities across the U.S. and, and Canada. Uh, so every time that we evaluate what and how large we want the league to be, it really is in the context of what we think the country can support. We've said that uh, we're not going to expand any further in Canada. So now it's looking at uh, those, uh, those cities that we've been in discussions with. Uh, and you know the list. And every time I make that list and I leave one out, and I get all sorts of uh, uh, calls from those very interested uh, expansion groups that I forgot to mention. So there are half a dozen of them. Uh, we, we'll, we will grant the 28th team and make that decision sometime in the next 12 months. There's no rush. Uh, and then we're going to have to decide if we want to go forward uh, beyond 28 teams. Uh, that's a discussion that is taking place. Uh, we'll begin to introduce the subject uh, at our uh, board meeting uh, later uh, this, uh, uh, in the middle of next week. I don't expect that uh, uh, or anticipate that there will be an announcement coming out of that. Uh, but th there's no doubt in my mind that uh, we can support uh, having more than 28 teams in Major League Soccer. No doubt in my mind. We're constantly meeting as a ownership committee uh, to uh, our product strategy committee to look at ways that we can ensure that we're utilizing our resources to be uh, providing the best possible product on the field. And what is that mix? You know, how many designated players? What should they be charged against the cap? What is the investment in TAM? What kinds of discretionary spending should we have or not have? How do we incentivize our clubs to develop more players and give them more, you know, time on the field? And all of this goes into the pot and gets stirred up. And one of the things that has been discussed is reducing uh, the number of designated players. Certainly no uh, decision has been made. I personally believe that we've got a pretty good formula now. Uh, it doesn't have to be that somebody is signing a player for $7 million. You've got lots of designated players that are just above what our maximum salary is that are driving great, great value for, uh, for our league. So we'll see how that all works itself out. So the playoff format. Play playoff format. Yeah, you heard Don there talking a little bit about the, the playoff format. He said that the playoff format is going to change. But they haven't agreed they, on what it's going to be yet. Did they, so, lose, did they, they lose the napkin? <laughs> so they, they basically, they're, they're, they're true what we talked about earlier, that they might change to a seven team where the, whole, the, the top team gets the buy, the only team that gets the buy in the conference, and then well, one-legged. They're, they're still not revealing any details, but well, they've said... Not. Yeah, but we'll get that about two weeks they're, before the, no, no, the playoff start. They're going to wait to see where like teams like LAFC or or, or they yes. are down the throat, and then they'll announce it. Afterwards. They'll, but, but they'll L say, but they'll say the owners all know. LA are ninth in the West, so the top nine teams in the West are going through this year. <laughs> um, he wants to it to be important. The whole he wants the whole season to feel important, and they're going to change the playoff format accordingly. There is no way that you can make games in March as important as games in October. I just can't see how they go about doing that. Unless you get bonus points for winning in March or something. Oh no, I've given them an idea. <laughs> hey, we do well in March, so maybe that's good. He talked about expansion, and he said, there's no doubt in my mind that we can support having more than 28 teams. Which I called, Which, I called yes. weeks ago. That well, I, no, I, I think they're going to go either... So obvious. They will go to either 30 or 32. They're going to 32. This is not... Weeks ago, we've been talking about this for years yeah. now. Well, even I mean, though he yeah. said, even though he's publicly said, "Oh, we're not going we, past twenty. We're no, not going no. past twenty-four. We're yeah. not going past twenty. No, but his last thing was, "Oh, after twenty, if it goes after twenty-eight, I, I won't be around by then." That's what he said before. I mean, they clearly will go 
bigger is better, right? Well, if they go to 32, that's going to be two uh, teams, two conferences of 16. Mm. Then you got 30 games within the conference, and then you probably got four crossover games per year. No, it's not, it's no, not, I, not even I, that. I, 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 think, I think everyone plays each other once then. No, no, I'm just saying you have four, like four games against everyone certain plays opponents. each other once? No. no, no, you're not understanding what I'm saying. You, 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 play, you play twice your team is in the conference. Mm-hmm. Then you go and you play the other conference, only four teams mm. out of them. I know. So what? I did understand what you said. Okay, so that's why I think they won't. They'll play each team once. No, oh, no and you have no. a thirty-one game season. No, I think I they're gonna. Thirty-one. It's, it's gonna be season. the East and West is gonna be two separate tables, and they're. <laughs> you just all, looked at me like I just said something about your wife. No, they'll never go thirty-one. They'll always do go. They, they need thirty-four games. The owners will never go lower than thirty. No, but they, maybe they'll go like USL though and just keep East and West, and the two yes. will never meet. No, but I'm saying yes, it's, no, that's what's going to happen. That could happen, but I'm just saying that there's an option where, like, for example, they want LA and New York to play. They want True. that. Yeah, they want. They'll have like those marquee games, like how that Major League Baseball did that. They're like, yeah. oh, now we're gonna have interleague, like, play. Like, yeah. and, they, and they only play a certain oh, number of teams, like each Columbus year. and Vancouver. That's got to be high. That's gonna be everyone. The, that's gonna be everyone the, wants that well, one. How many times was that part of like the stupid derby rivalry? Week, rivalry league? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Kikutamani derby. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, is, is there a fear that they can go too big? Because initially it was like, oh, we don't want to be like the NASL. It does feel like there's a lot of really, really good markets for using business speak the, the out there. S- the sad thing about this is that they're, even though USL is restructuring to have good uh, a good possible promotion relegation setup, MLS still remains close to that. And I understand all the reasons why we don't need to rehash all that right now. But it's, it's unfortunate they don't because it would be good to have, I think, things where you could see that kind of movement in the long term. It's just one of the reasons why I'm really happy, even though it's down the road and even though, you know, there'll be growing pains or whatever, the Canadian Premier League keeps talking about doing that, setting that up from the beginning, that that's where they want to go. That's where they want to be, whereas MLS is kind of chosen this different path. Now, the DP thing, they want to yeah. reduce the number of DPs. Well, he, he, was, he was asked, is that on the cards? Yeah. And like, he didn't confirm it was, but he just said with – all the things like TAM, it's like DPs aren't as important anymore. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. I know. Why would you want to reduce the number of top quality players? Yeah, I know. It doesn't make sense at all. I, I think this is maybe something maybe the owners don't want to spend. On. They don't want to be forced to say, oh, I'm gonna, I have to spend uh, buy three DPs. Because they're available. Uh, yeah. And because all, all the fans are oh. always saying, why aren't you bringing in three yes. I wonder what teams might be saying that, Steve. A hmm. number of teams. Don't, it's not just the local team. I, There's I, a number I of owners that would say that. Brexit has killed the DP. <laughs> they're like, oh my God, Brexit is a DP. We've got to get rid of these DP tags. Brexit killed the DP tag. <laughs> yeah, it's like video killed the radio star. Brexit killed the designated player. If anyone wants to make a video for that, go ahead. There was also a question on Pan American League with Mexican clubs. The NAFTA League. Garber said he wants MLS clubs to have more international competition. Right away, I was on the phone to East Fife and said, look, get some of these guys over. <laughs> the belief is there that Liga MX want to play in games beyond the CCL. I, I love the idea because I would like to see some better games and top quality competition. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure how sexy a competition like that would would look like. Would it put more meat on the bone with the relationship with Mexican clubs? That was the quote he had. Put more meat on the bone. 
Uh, I, I wish the most the teams that enter would take Champions League seriously. Mm-hmm. I know I know some do uh, in, in from MLS, but not all of them do. And and I know we've only had one year of the change of structure to that. But def- in the old structure, lots of teams didn't care. In the new in the in the newer structure, it seems like a couple don't haven't cared. So last bit we'll we'll just talk about in this section. Um, who knows if this is going to work audio wise or not, but. Don Gara was asked about the CPL and what impact that might have on MLS. So let's hear what he had to say. Uh, there's going to be a new professional league in Canada starting next year, the Canadian Premier League. Have you had any talks with uh, with the league so far? What do you see the relation uh, being in the next few years? And what does it mean for the three Canadian teams that are in MLS right now? Well, we haven't had any talks with them at all. Uh, and that's probably something that should change. Uh, we have a very, very close relationship with the CSA, with, uh, with Steve Reed and, and Peter Montopoli. You know, I have said from the early days that uh, our commitment to Canada, Canadian soccer equals our commitment to American soccer. We've got three important clubs up uh, north of our border, and we want to do everything we can to develop players and ensure that we could do our part so that Canada can qualify for the World Cup perhaps before they might get an an automatic bid in 2026. Uh, I think that anything that we can do to grow the game domestically on the professional level uh, is going to be good for everybody that cares about the game. And whether that's what's happening with the USL uh, here in the United States or what's happening uh, with the the CPL in Canada. Uh, What it means for our three clubs is something that still needs to be determined. You know, we have teams that have second uh, teams, they need to have a place to play. We continue to expand our rosters. We continue to invest in, uh, in player development. We want to have our players playing at the highest level. I think Canada and Canadian soccer wants our players to be playing at the highest level so that we can develop the Canadian national team to be as good as it possibly can be. So, no meetings with this, the CPL yet, but they, they really should. He's not going to meet with anybody. He's leaving it for the teams to deal with them. When he was up here a couple of months ago, he said he didn't see CPL as a threat. I don't really see why they need to, because it it's isn't, just a, two, it it's a different a country. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see how all that plays out. We'll see how it plays out as well with player loan deals and second teams and stuff like that as well. The but, CP, we've, said, we've said it before. The CPL cannot be seen as MLS-affiliated uh, teams. I, I really think that would really hurt them. But loans are okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's normal player movement around the world. That's fine. But if you are well, tagged as yeah. an affiliate of an MLS team, that is just not gonna, not helpful in the long run. death nail. Very curious to see where they go with this Whitecaps under-23 team. But we'll be back with more Whitecaps chat after this. Hi, I'm Marcel De Jong, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
The Buzzcocks again with Something's Gone Wrong Again. Kind of summed up Vancouver Whitecaps, defence at least, in, in the 2018 season. It did feel like time and time again, you'd be looking at games and going, oh, something's gone wrong again. And we're going to talk about the Whitecaps, part three of our Whitecaps year in review, May to July in this part of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. 101.9 FM. It wasn't a great period for the White Caps, and you can definitely point lots of little fingers to say that this is maybe where we went off the, the tracks a little bit. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Boredom. That was the Buscocks there with Boredom from their Spiral Scratch EP. My favourite Buscocks song. But Boredom is not everyone's favourite way of watching football matches. But a lot of Whitecaps fans did feel that the the Caps served up some boring games this year. And I've said several times, I don't care whether it's boring on the pitch as long as you get the three points at the end of it. If you get the job done, that's all that matters. People also say the Whitecaps aren't a draw in MLS. Uh, on, not a draw on the road, you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. It's not a team that really attracts yeah, things. Yeah. But they were a big draw in May, or they drew a lot in May, yeah, rather, I guess. They, they drew four of their five matches in May. They lost the other. So four points taken from a possible 15. Six points dropped at home. The pressure was starting to mount on Robbo as the unrest grew amongst a, a chunk of the fan base. And it started badly. 1-0 lost, a 10-man Minnesota side. Now, they were disadvantaged in that game because they were, did have that extra guy. Yeah, and they weren't used to having that That's extra That's a ma- man massive all. disadvantage yeah. for them constantly. I mean, having 11 players on the pitch is just impossible to play with. I, There's I too feel. many. There's no yeah, room to move around. Exactly. It's like clogged. The other team had a clear advantage. They, 10 people. We did manage to, to outshoot many 19-4, but they won 1-0. Just, again, dominating possession, showing possession counts for nothing. And it was that one day when Bobby Shuttleworth decided to be a goalkeeper. Yeah. After that, though, four draws. 2-2 home draw with Houston. I'm going to say that's kind of going to happen again. You're right. Next week, 2-2 home draw, but this time at home, to San Jose. And then? You'll never guess what happened next. Uh, Why not? Tell me. 2-2 draw. At Dallas. At Dallas. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, they had Dallas. Yeah. That's not so bad. But they did shake things up to end the month. Three all draw. Yeah. Home to New England. Yeah, those those uh, six points dropped at home. Yeah. Were... It's like the draw in Dallas was a great result, yeah. really. Especially it was that you were fighting from behind and like who who does not like coming from behind? Anyone? Not no. me. Exactly. Great feeling when that happens. It just it makes you just explode all over the place with joy. I, I personally think they they, they should have had they, they really over the whole playoff. They should have, they should have they should have had seven points in that month more. Yeah, because they should have drew, drew uh, Minnesota at least. We were scoring. No, should have beat Minnesota. I know, but I'm just saying on the road you expect to draw Minnesota because you're on the road. You, they should have been undefeated. Three wins, two draws instead of four draws and a loss. Well, that's the thing. You've got four games. You've scored nine goals, 
you'd think, well, you must have taken quite a lot of points from those matches. It's like, ah, yeah, but you also gave up nine goals. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now. It wasn't even a clean sheet as Steve style. No. <laughs> We've talked about it before. Hindsight's a great thing. If the queen had balls, she'd be the king. <gasps> Zach's favourite shame. I believe he uses that in his sermons now. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> oh, man. At least, At least drop a QBK in the yeah. sermon. No. Just say QBK. Doing your Christmas thing. Yeah. No. 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 If Mary Magdalene had balls, she'd be Joseph or something. Do no, it for me, no, come that, on. That let's, let's keep it queen. Does that not work? Let's keep it queen into the king. Okay, we'll keep it queen. <laughs> but, yeah, we were dropping points all over. And a lot of them were to lower teams as well. We said at the time they would come back to bite us on the bum, one of Robo's favourite expressions. And by the end of May, our ass was bleeding with the amount of teeth marks all over it. You've got to say that. It was a month where we kept having to come back in matches. We gave up a 90th minute goal to Houston. And then we needed a 94th minute one from Kendall to salvage a point. The miss of the year was in that game against Houston. Berk Oh. No, it was in his contract. But <laughs> <laughs> we still Berk related. We needed Reina's first goal of the I, season. I feel like whenever I say Brexit, it's going to be like, I'm just going to hear contract. <laughs> <laughs> he probably feels that as well. Yeah. But does Greg Anderson? I we don't, needed know. I don't Reina, know what you're talking about. <laughs> we needed Reina's first goal of the season to salvage a point against San Jose. Two goals in the last eight or 18 minutes, if you want to add on all the stoppage time, in Dallas to earn that point, which was great. We were never ahead against New England before... Teixeira completed his hat trick and got a point, keeping his shirt on this time. Great fighting spirit, you've got to say that. Tip your hat to them. But it's a huge problem when you're you're having to keep coming back. I mean, what, what do you put that down to? Why were we falling behind all the time? Mental weakness on the back line. Mm-hmm. Or defence, whatever you want to say. I, actually, I don't even blame the back line. I, I blame the whole team, or especially the midfielders. Yeah. You agree, Zach? Simple as that. Yeah, I also remember to see it was like a, and you guys can correct my poor memory, but it seemed to be a little bit, in some cases, especially San Jose, like playing down to the team's level. Yeah. Right? Which has been uh, an on again, off again thing yeah. in the MLS era. I mean, but, hopefully that's now the end of it, and we're going to have different attacking football no, under that, MDS. But that that's happened with more than one coach yes. in the MLS era. But not only do we play down to the level, we play up to the level, which makes it even more frustrating because you're playing. Yeah. When you play the good teams, you play well. You like you tie Dallas in yeah. in in in, in yeah. Dallas, which is a tough place, right? And then you drop points at home, easy to easy teams. And as you're familiar, as you're as you like to commonly say, it, the coach can only do so much. It's when the players go out on the field. Exactly. Yep. But I mean, any one of those draws, you turn that into a win. That's the playoff. That's yep. that's the, that's the, the sad reality that. of yep. it, really. And again, hindsight is a great thing. And you can every team can pinpoint where they've, where they've lost points and how they could have done better. But this was a significant stretch. It was. And the slow starts were not helping. And no. at some point, you can't keep coming back. You can't keep giving two goals up and expect to get things from matches either. One of the players who had a really slow start was Jordi Reyna. Now, he had a great year in the end. He got six goals and 11 assists. Matching the goals that he got last year. He did play more games this year, eight games more. 11 assists, fantastic. Again, what do you put that slow start to? Was it his off-field troubles? In Peru? Yeah. How, how could it not be? Yeah, I think... Well, he. everyone kept saying, no, he's fine, he's, he's good, he's uh, balanced, he's mentally 
and what, oh, are, yeah. what else are they going to say? Yeah, they, they, they're, they're, they're going to say no. He's not. He's not yeah, really exactly. fit. He's not really mentally ready. We we uh, in those kind of situations. Honesty. In those kind of situations, you can't take the word of the coaches or the front office because they they're they're looking out for the player. They don't want to put the player yeah. in a bad position. But you can tell clearly that when a player is struggling like that, when they have the ability to play at a high level. It's something that's bugging them. It's clearly that it was that. It was. It's hard not to believe when you're in that situation. I, I still feel. I know, like he's an important player to us. I just feel he is a guy. Like if we want to make a big splash and bring in a guy from another team, Reyna's your guy to trade. I don't. Honestly, I don't think he's going to want to be here. Uh, like I, with all the people that have moved and are who are going to move, I don't think he's going to be super excited about being here. I mean, I guess he might have one good chum, and you know, Anthony what if they yeah, bring Anthony a Mandel, Mandel, what if they bring a Peruvian, um, uh, you know, a striker or another Peruvian box to box midfielder, or somebody that can he, he knows and like he, like Rory Diaz, yeah, Reina could be the guy that unlocks Blundell. That's true. Maybe they'll have freeze a, him. Yeah, they might have Set a cele- they might have a celebration like Fonzie and Kide, like do your. Wakanda celebration or something. Wakanda. Wakanda. What's it called? Wacky Wacky. Wakanda. Wakanda. What's Wakanda? Is that where we're going in Hawaii in in February when the Caps send us there? Awesome. (laughs) Three matches in June because it was a World Cup break or bye week as (laughs) if we want to call it what it is. We won against Colorado. Away. We won against Orlando. Taking a winning streak to six. Four draws, but winning streak to six, you take what you've got. Then we lost to Philly before the bye week. And it's always a question as to what's the team going to come back like. This is when Steve will mention Montreal. Well, the last Philly was after the bye. Was Philly after the bye? Yes. Oh. That's, anyway. that's what, that's, that's, that's why the co- that yeah, was the comeback. Pure and inconsistent is the answer. That's how we came back then. I remember that year when they played <laughs> Montreal. <laughs> He's going to be an old man sitting on a park bench. 2014. Right? I remember. Yeah. It was 2014, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, I still remember nine defenders that we played against. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, I've set him off. What, what was the score that day? Just Steve? don't mention Alan Rochera. Don't mention Alan Rochera. He was gone by then. I know. Yeah. July saw some real highs and some real lows. <laughs> Started low, man. Five matches, two wins, three losses. Canada Day. Yeah, three out of four losses to start the month, including that Canada Day game. One nil at home to Colorado yeah. on Canada Day. That was bad. Yeah, two Scots in the lineup. Canada Day debacle. Yeah. I did an interview with Sam Nicholson after that game that I've never run. I just remembered it. Oh, let's play it now. Okay. How about go. for the Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save Sam for Christmas. Nothing says... Nothing says Christmas like an angry Scottish guy. After, after hence, hence the Grinch. <laughs> I'm going to see that tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, that Colorado loss was particularly unforgivable. The 3-1 loss to DC, I think, you could kind of maybe say it was expected. It was oh, the opening the of the new stadium. Goal. But, yeah, we, we talked about potentially goal of the season, but it meant nothing. So, it's still a great goal. Yeah. It made you feel less crap at the end of the game. Did it? And it no. might have added. It might have added a million or two to the selling yes. price. You never know. But I think all those performances were kind of put into perspective because the White Cats went down to Seattle, <laughs> and that two 0 loss down there was something else. Are we? You skipped the Voyagers Cup. Okay, I'm just looking at Emma. Okay, sorry. I actually forgot all about the Voyagers Cup that kicked <laughs> off, and yeah. But we okay, beat but Montreal. We'll cover that in a sec. Then right. we beat Montreal. Let's get let's get down to Seattle. There's your recap. Let's get down to Seattle. <laughs> yeah. How are we getting there? 
Um, I I went the night before. Oh, okay. oh or did I? I, I went the morning I... of. I was there in spirit. Actually, that was... I... So, so, so were some of the players, I think. <laughs> yeah. They weren't there physically. That that I the... feel like I was there more than they were. That was the first Seattle MLS era game that I went and, like, I think arrived at, like, shortly before, like, right about kickoff. Kick Shocking. It was weird. Oh, no, I did, go down, the... I did go down in the morning. And it was a nice breakfast brunch. I remember that in the, oh, in the, the press, press box. box. That's yeah. clearly what happened. They didn't feel your presence before the match. Yeah, it was it. too late by the time that's kickoff it. happened. And then, then we went home. That was it. So then after that, <laughs> um, yeah. 2-0 loss. Juarez was on the pitch going, where's Zach? Where's Zach? He, he grabbing the referee going, where's Zachary Meisenheimer? That was, uh, Danielle had a uh, unfortunate Yes, moment, he didn't right? have a great start the handball? to that match. It was a handball, right? Handball, bad tackle, falling over, me shouting abuse at him. Yeah, all, all those things. It was a nightmare. And then Effie was trying to raise the, raise the, the spirits of the squad. Yes. Yeah, Effie got sent off the... Arguably the sending off of the year, but you've still got to share his jersey. He thought the referee was a table, I think. <laughs> was he did to a, rearrange he him. He's passionate, man. I still think Breck He's Shea's passionate. contract is the sending off of the year. It sent him off in Vancouver with $745,000. Effie spoke on the Monday and he was very apologetic. He knew he'd let everyone down. Yeah. He let himself down. That was nice. But it's passion. Yes. I get that. I like players with passion. We're going to buy him out, probably. Oh, there's, I've seen the reports of that. Yes, there has been reports, and we'd heard about this I, a I, little bit ago, and we didn't say anything about it. But the rumours are we are going to use our one buyout to to buy out Effie Juarez's contract. I can't even remember if I said this on the show or to you, just to you guys after, but when we were talking to MDS or whatever, we were like, um, have you talked to your new your new bosses about um, about the one buyout clause for your... And he just, he just looked at us. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a very much... And then he looked at long, long, long pause and then just a slight nod. And then he didn't say anything else. That's a shame because that was one of my favorite interviews this year. Yeah. Of course, I, I, of I genuinely was. enjoyed speaking to Effie. He was such a nice guy. I, he, I hear he's going to take the buyout money and open up an Ikea franchise in, in uh, Mexico. Why would that be? Furniture. He likes rearranging tables. <laughs> You'd lost me there. I thought he was going to put someone through a table. I thought he was doing a wrestling <laughs> Chess throwback the table? there. Now, after that Seattle game, though, Robbo kept the media, three of us, waiting for 50 minutes before he, he spoke. After he tore a strip off the players, he said. Well, didn't the players also then, was that the day they kind of... Yeah, they seem to have a meeting and... Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Let's get the, the quick news out fast after that, the white cap said. We're going to sell Alfonso Davies to the Byrons. Yeah. That is their nickname, isn't it? The Munchers? Is that it? The the Reds. The Red the Red that's their nickname. Seriously. Somebody so I remember somebody on Twitter reported that there were a whole bunch of German cars around in this area where you yes. or something. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was a report of that. Yeah, they annexed the street apparently. Yeah. Blitzkrieged it. Yeah. So yep. The White Caps get twenty two million. Bayern Munich get Alfonso Davies and possibly the Sudeten land back. There's still a little bit of negotiations <laughs> there. <laughs> I did world history at school. What can I say? I wanted to be a history teacher. That's a deep, deep, deep cut. <laughs> it was, oh, I don't know, more exciting than the Versailles Treaty. I that, feel that's like all I've got. I, I can't feel, go even. I feel like we're going to have footnotes for this podcast <laughs> so people can look up this stuff. How do you feel now about that, that move? I think it's a good move for him. Robin's saying that he's going to be leaving Bayern. Yeah, we talked yeah, about it last week. Ribery, for sure. Mm. 
No, Ribéry is technically not official. No, no, not official, but it, there are a lot of people saying that it's going to happen. Yes. Including our friend Manuel Verth. Yeah. But he'll say anything anti-Bayern because he's, yeah, he's Zexig. And Fonsi scored... He's 59 plus one. Fonsi scored three goals this week. In training? No, some weird exhibition game or youth game or something. Oh. Mm. Who's allowed to play? Mm. Who's a friendly? Did I dream this? I could, I could have sworn I read this, but I, I, yeah, maybe I didn't. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's great for Alfonso Davies. Uh, yes, I, he. This was a good time to get out of Vancouver, and uh, he's going to well, what I think is the the greatest football club in the world in terms, of, in, terms of, in terms of how it's run and its history. Obviously, this particular moment in history is not super great for them, but in general, it's a football, it's a, a proper football club, and I think they'll treat him well. And uh, I think they'll develop him well. I have talked to people, and uh, and I've heard things like if Nico Kovac, the coach, does get sacked, uh, which is a, a possibility, that could hurt. Because it could hurt Alfonso's future or, or, or imme- immediate future. I don't know, man. Thomas Mueller's got his hand on his shoulder in so many pictures. It's unbelievable. He's, Matt's uh, Hummels. He was the Matt's Hummels today. Yeah, and, there you go. But no, because yeah. um, no, Kovac is the one who said, yeah, I'm bringing you in and I'm bringing you in to play here. So yeah. I, I kind of I hope Kovac doesn't go for that. I don't think they'll in, sack him in the, ha- the second or at the end of the year. So maybe yeah, he'll get you, some time. No, in no. You, you, it's, not, it's not how it works at Byron. Okay. So this, this is not Vancouver. I, well, I know, well, we sacked our coach but, before the end of the year. Bayern have had a difficult start to the season, but they the won this weekend, didn't they? Yeah, the Bavarian derby against Nuremberg. Nuremberg, that rings a bell to my skull. <laughs> there were some hearings there. There were some hearings. I heard something about Nuremberg. Fonzi did come back after the sale and had a stunning performance um, against uh, Minnesota. Yeah, it was another two-two. Yeah, no, it was four-two. No, he had got two goals and two assists. Oh right, right. yeah, a double-double, is yeah. it? He yeah. bo- he boxed up uh, Minnesota, oh, Minnesota like big time, just like yes. box to box and box past boxel and boxy. Yeah, boxy got married this off season. Good for him. Very happy for him. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations to those sheep. I own that bombshell. No, but are we talking about the Voyager's Cup or no? Okay, yeah. Something else happened. Yeah, I'd kind of blocked the Voyager's Cup out of my complete memory, mainly because of how it ended. Right. Yeah, it did not end great. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk about the Voyage Cup. 1-0 loss in Montreal. Mm-hmm. 2-0 win at home. Mm-hmm. Always great to be Montreal. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then. Are we, wait, are we going? No, that's it. Because the, the rest is in August. We're not oh, going to August. Yeah. We're not nope. going to August, are we? We... Marinovich returned in that Montreal game too, away game, I think, right? That was his first game back after that long injury. Yeah, August is next next week. Yeah. 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 So we'll get to the rest later. Yeah. So, how were you feeling then by the end of July? Because uh, we know that that time's kind of for a notorious slump. We didn't well, really have all these travels to yeah. weird places because the schedule was a lot better. But I think I think they they kind of avoided. I think they avoided that July, um, the July, you know, August slump by yeah. doing it in May. But were you- <laughs> <laughs> that's one way. Steve. That's one way to avoid it. I know, we finished the month. We're proud of Fonzie. That's the that's the best thing to see. Um, so let's finish this section with something I'm proud of. Oh. Wavelength. Wait, let me guess. Buzzcocks or Shellington? No, no, What's no. What's his no. name? Pete Shelley. 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 Pete Shelley. Played no, but Shelley. I don't think he did a soccer song, did he? He didn't. No. No. Um, but this is this is a corker. This is from 2014. 
by a Glaswegian act called Lonely Tourist. It's actually a, a guy called Paul Tierney, who is also the name of an Irish footballer. Who also a name of a footballer from MLS? Is it? Oh, maybe, maybe it's Paul's not his first name. Huh. Tierney, you play for the Revolution. Oh New yeah, England. that's a different guy. Okay. That's Chris Tierney, was it? Yeah, maybe mm. right. But Paul Tierney was a Republic of Ireland youth international. They had high hopes. He went to Man United. Never quite lived up to what was expected and then just went plummeting down the, the depths of the lower leagues of English football, ending up in Scotland. This is The Ballad of Paul Tierney. You're the best player this girl's had, son. You're the only talent in that dressing room. If it was up to me, you'd stay here and teach with me. But the scouts are crying out. For a left back with your pacing club Within six months it's Man United Through the ranks where George Best started Young player of the year A glittering career Seemed as predictable as rain Falling on the streets of Wally Range So where does it go wrong? When the artist leaves the building and you don't get an encore Why is it very likely The third album's in at 22 It's not a patch on the debut It's Big Break comes one Wednesday night 20 minutes off the bench against the team in relegation fight But it's Paul who gets the blame For the goal that cost the game and another cup upset Cost more than just some coupon bets The gaffer wants a word with you We're sending you on loan to crew You can get some first team games You can forget about the fame And it's what's best for you now And we'll have you back if it works out So where does it go wrong? When the artist leaves the building and you don't get an encore Why is it very likely The third album's in at 22 It's not a patch on the debut From Crew Colchester, Blackpool, Loving Altering on the Starport County His career at every foul And he really kicked a ball and retired at just 13 It's the saddest tale you'll ever hear But is it really career failure? Cause I have never been a man you play on Would he say honestly He would rather have been me But I would rather have been him Cause I've never heard the fans I'll sing Where does it go wrong? When the artist lives a building and you don't get an encore Why is it very likely The third album's in at 22 But everyone liked the debut And the fans sing
Only Tourist there from 2014 with a ballad of Paul Tierney, Paul Tierney. There have been a, a lot of players over the years that folk expected them to do so well. I mean, we, we talked about Fonzie there and folk are expecting him to do well in Bayern and you expect him to, you hope he's going to. There is always the possibility that he can't make it at that higher grade and when he's in a, at this higher level that he can't do it. And maybe the most famous example from North American players like that, Freddie Adu. Any, any other players that kind of spring to, to your minds that you had, had such high hopes I, for I have one, but I it? think Steve's going to say the same one. No, I was just going to say that I, I, I don't think he's anything like Freddie Adu. Because Freddie Adu came in high at 15, but then you well, 14, quickly... 14, Yeah, right? 14 or 15, and you quickly saw he how quickly he crashed. Alfonso has been on an upswing since yeah. 15. So I don't think no he way. will, but I'm just yeah. saying it's, things like that do happen. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Go ahead, Michael. For, yeah, exactly. for me, uh, the, the one Canadian example is Hanson Boakai. Yeah. Oh, yes. He, he, uh, yeah. There's some hope. He's he, still he, out there somewhere, I think, probably in like one of the Eastern European Finland teams. Finland or something, did he know? He's, I thought he went he's currently Eastern. in Finland. Oh, is he? Well, he just he's supposed to. Well, he already has a 29 team lined up in Inter Turku, and he played at a different team, Ekinus. I'm not going to try and pronounce the rest of them, but yeah, he played. But he played in Finland, scored scored six <laughs> six goals in 23 matches. But there's so many like Canadian players out there that you, like named like they've been named Canadian yeah. Youth Player of the Year, and then it didn't. Oh amount. yeah, and this is all because Bryce Alderson. And the main reason it was because we didn't have, they didn't have anywhere to play. Well, yeah, this year, yeah. Bolkai. This is this year is the first year where he played like. He's played twenty three matches. He only played six games in the three previous years. Yeah, basically. like a guy like for example, like I, I, he probably maybe didn't have very much, but at the time there was a lot of talk about Ethan Gage. Mm. Like he, a lot of people thought he was going to do something. Yeah, they, not we, not we to be a, Gage was full. Not be a superstar, but he thought it'd be something. Yeah. He's he's back in Sweden again. Yeah, Sweden. Yeah. These are the players I do expect to see in the CPL down the road. Down the road. Anyway, we're going to have some CPL talk and some Canadian women's national team talk and a lot more after this. I'm David Edgar and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And Steve, tell us what that music was, because it was non-Buscocks. No, it was the theme song uh, for uh, a favourite of mine, favourite wrestler, Dynamite Kid, when he was wrestling in Japan. Oh. It's got this song called Car Wars. I don't know what it had to do with anything. I think it was just somebody just brought two words together and put it in there. But he was like a favourite of mine, one of the most... um, forward-thinking wrestlers. You've probably seen him wrestle too a little bit, yeah. right? Um, anybody you see today, like a Daniel Bryan, a Seth Rollins, a Chris Jericho, all were influenced by Dynamite Kid. Uh, came through, uh, I saw him at first uh, uh, Calgary Stampede Wrestling, uh, but he's had huge matches in, in thing. One, he's one of the toughest guys. One time he had a broken back, but the British Bulldogs were tag team champions and they had to give it up, the t- title. So basically, he basically had to be uh, basically walk with a broken back to the ring and he just st- stood on the apron while Davy Boy Smith lost the belts. Now, you, you said he is one of the toughest guys. He was. He was. He passed away guys. this week, yeah. 
Um, and he was it's a not. Show. He definitely wasn't a pleasant guy either, from what a lot of people say. He yes. was. He was a pretty, pretty much a, a bastard, if you want to call yeah. it. And uh, uh, Chris, well, he was English. Chris Jericho told a story about how he he talked to him in a bar or something, and he to, just told him to f off, kid. When he when Chris Jericho was a kid, uh, who hasn't done that? Though? No, no, who hasn't? To Jericho? No, it's to anyone. Oh. I'm grumpy. I, I don't think I have. Oh. No, but a great guy. Um, Obviously, British Bulldog went away a little while ago, yep. and now Dynamite Kid. And he was one of the the first guys that you got watching in wrestling. Oh yeah, brought me into it. Uh, one of my favorites in though. And I, I just tweeted about, I mentioned yes, them the, the day, day before, before he passed away. So yeah, I know it's like the bus because I was just looking at their gigs that were they had planned for 2019, and they had a great gig coming up in June at the Albert Hall that I was thinking of maybe even going over to. It was them, Five Punk Band, The Skids, and Penetration. Who I love Penetration, but sadly. That will no longer be happening. <sighs> We're going to do BC Soccer Web headlines in this part, but just before we do, just want to read some tweets from some of our, our listeners that we've got from during the show. Joe Nutson says, McBean, no. Mattox, no. Ricketts, meh, maybe. He says, Blondell and Coline figure in our mix, so I'd say it'd be nice to get two forwards that are Vela and Rossi-like. So he'd say no to, to Ricketts, but... He's someone like Movisician. He says we need a good number 10 to be successful. And he's not had that in RSL in Chicago. So to quote Caleb, a hard no. I'm not sure it's pronounced Nutson, but it's Joel, not? Joel's a good guy. He works at BC Place. I would say Nutson. I think it was Nutson probably. Oh. I, I think you're correct, Steve, on the pronunciation. Point for Steve. <laughs> Chris Harop. Um, he says, what about Jose Villarreal? He's a bit of an enigma. Hasn't played much at all. There could still be something there. Might just be a case of finding the right coach and club situation for him to to find how, his form. How many like how many rocks are we going to overturn to find some crabs that might turn no, but, into but king crabs? Is, you, <laughs> you, but the thing is, if you, if you have a good feeling, like I think a couple of years ago, was it last year, Zardes uh, from oh, Galaxy? Jizzy. Yeah. yeah, was picked I, up. I would take Jizzy. But, but he was picked up by the crew. And yes, look at a good 19, season he had. Here. Nineteen goals. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't that, that wasn't a nothing pickup. That was like there was lots of Tam and or no, no, that was a was yeah, it Ola was Kamara? It a draft, was, was it? No, was it a trade? Yeah, it was I part of the was Ola a, Kamara. Wasn't I thought it? it was in the mm-hmm. draft or was something. There was, there was lots oh, of money I, involved there. I, I yeah, that, that wasn't that. a nothing trade. I, I stand corrected. I was thinking about Jizzy over the over the weekend, and I thought he could be a guy we could make a play for to replace Kamara. I wouldn't be averse to that. I would. I would like to interview him actually. Mm-hmm. Because then we could have, he's just a Roscoe, Jizzy Roscoe. He's just a Roscoe, Jizzy Roscoe. No. You, do, you don't know that song? I don't think that's, that's going to happen, Michael. No. I still say the number one, my number one target is Albert Elise to play on the wing from within MLS. Rather have Albert Ellis. <laughs> and Graham, I want Kyoto on the other side. Graham Took at Chelsea Took says, I like Mulholland. Cheap, I what? think. Box to box midfielder. Brenton replied to that, though. I think he was decent about three years ago. Uh, Whitecap Scarf says 170,000 salary for Zach McMath, more than Marinovic. If he is the backup, that's too much. Not sure he's going to be the backup, though. Peter Hicken talked about one of the. We were talking about. Who was it that had been sent off twice? Uh, what's his name? PC. PC. Oh, yeah. Jizzy. Not Jizzy. A gyro. Jizzy. Hero. It's pronounced, it's in my I think head. it's pronounced Hero if you read the press release. It's Hero. Hero. He's from the framed club. <laughs> Corinthians. Oh. Oh, We're so holding out for a hero. The framed club. So, he, yeah, he is Brazilian, so you expect it to be like a Japanese uh, pronunciation of his name. Hero. Why? Because didn't a lot of Brazilians play for Japan, Japan initially, like when they were first around oh, the World Cup? Yeah. So 
I thought there was a connection there, maybe. Anyway, Peter Hickens says, I watched one of those games where he was sent off. He got Ted uncled. Uncle <laughs> sent oh. off three Orlando players for that one. Oh, I remember that. I remember okay, that yeah, as well. Yeah, he says that. it wasn't his fault. I do remember that. Joel Knudsen sent us another tweet that says, McMath has Knudsen. been dollar, dollar, dollar. And if not for Colorado's Damasery, signing Howard, he would still be the number one keeper. 8,000 more than Marinovic, but better. Command of the net, better command of the net. Only way to lose is if he gets outplayed, which if so, so be it. Our goalkeeping problems are none. On to the rest of the team now. So he's very confident. Well, yeah, I mean, th- that was the one thing that was solidified this week, was there's three keepers, that's it. And the last last tweet from Caleb Wilkins, who, I haven't said this for a while, come and join AFTN, Caleb, you tweet us so much. Leave 86 forever. Come and write for AFTN. We really want you, man. AFTN forever. Yeah. Is, are there any opening spots? Oh, there's all. We've always got opens, and I'm. I'm not. I look. I'll tamper with anyone to to get them on <laughs> on AFTN. So there we go. But anyway, Caleb says, and th- this has put him even higher in my my thoughts. When we have this Mad Hat McGore extravaganza, oh, can we have this song which features a guy who looks like he's just come from his job in accounting? So he's he's done a YouTube video of a song I haven't seen of Mad Hat, so I might have to include that. Anyway. Up the Mad Hatters. Yes. Now, it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, links and a lot more beside. Make it part of your daily routine morning, noon and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com And what has been catching those glorious blue pool eyes of yours this week, Steve? Oh, some big news. Um, first of all, let's do a couple updates. Um, uh, go Who's for in the prison bit. this week, Steve? Huh? Who's in prison this week, Steve? <laughs> uh, oh, we'll talk about that later. Um, no, uh, Copa Libertadores uh, did the, had finally had their second leg. Yes, and I haven't got a chance to see the highlights yet because I was out today. Oh, let's not spoil it. Oh, no, I know the result. Okay. I know oh. the one. Yeah. So River uh, River won three one over Boca Juniors. The five three on aggregate after um, extra time. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations to them, not to the fans. Or the rioters. <laughs> riot? They riot. Whatever they did. Football violence. Oh, that's coming up in February. Yeah, I know. It's a good month for it. Yeah. There's a... Man City is actually in the in the headlines a uh, little bit here and there. Uh, first of all... Because they lost. Well, they lost also, so, but then, uh, they're also facing apparently repercussions for misleading UEFA on finances. This is coming from the Football Fo- Leaks. Leaks. Uh, no chair for Michael this week. They've and they're going to be reopening previous cases uh, that they had oh. previously closed. They could they, that this all could lead to a ban from Champions League next year. Uh, that which means a fifth place team from the English Premier League would advance instead of them. That's assuming they're going to finish in the top four. <laughs> no. um, they also obviously because of this they would yeah. lose money from pl- uh, playing in the Champions League and probably a transfer ban too would be in order if, and if, I feel that would make Dwayne Rollins unhappy so that would be fantastic yeah. it would make it, my nephew very unhappy too It, it would. would uh, it's almost like UEFA is not going to shake Pep's hand yeah Ooh. and I don't think he wants to shake theirs more Man also, City news. Yeah, Raheem Sterling. Uh, he was in, in that Chelsea game that you talked about. Yeah. Uh, he was. Uh, there was some kind of racial taunt. Now, he laughed it off at the time. He was. You could see him laughing it off. Um, and the next day, he actually wasn't even bothered. Right. He had an Instagram post. 
He was he says he wasn't even bothered by the what was going on there. He was more upset at the way the uh, the newspapers are like uh, kind of taunting, getting people yes. all riled up. And over he gave this. two really interesting examples. Yeah. I, I read this to my wife today, and she was like, "What?" So okay, so essentially these are the headlines. She um, not understand me. Now one is a uh, a black player, one's a white player, and I'm gonna and you can guess which one was the who voted for which uh, which headline fit which one. First headline: Manchester starlet Phil Foden buys a new two million pound home for his mum. Second headline, young Manchester City footballer, 20, on £25,000 a week, splashes out on, on mansion on the market for £2.2 million, despite having never started a Premier League match. That's a one hell of a headline. Long yes. Too. So, guess which one is for which? I'm going to guess that the black player was the second one. Yes, you're right. Because I read that earlier. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was incredible. It's, it, they are months apart, and obviously, as we know, the the, the people that write the articles don't you tend to do the headlines. Yeah, and we it, we were always used to say that. Yeah, I didn't write the headline. Both players also play for Man City in yeah. that example as well. You allow me to write the headline sometimes for the match report yes. if I have enough time to write it. If it's a good pun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I and like I, I, I and, and alliteration too. Yeah. You like alliteration, I know. Now they were talking about this this morning on TSN or Sportsnet, whatever channel had the had the game. No. Only for the rest of this year. The zone next yes. year. Yes. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Please, just get the Bundesliga on. I want the Bundesliga somewhere I can watch it. Well, that's one FA Cup, so I don't have to get Sports Net well, World. N- nobody's confirmed that yet. It's just reports. No, yes, it was in the Athletic. No, but yeah, they, they, they talked about this uh, Raheem Sterling thing today, and they, they showed the clip which they said was off the, the incident um, where he was being racially abused and he laughed it off. Now, if that was the exact clip that they showed... It was four guys they, in the front row. Yes, they were they were saying one of the guys, and the the somebody said that the, if you read their lips, you can tell what they're saying. And so it was those guys in the front row. It was the, the in the in the article one of the articles I saw. They circled the guy with the white hair and the glasses. Because like the, I think the, it was people wearing a blue jacket. If the, there's actually there's five guys. There's three guys, one guy, and another guy. So the three guys are shouting. The guy in the end is shouting, and then this guy here, the second from the left, is not shouting. He's black in amongst these guys that are apparently doing this racial abuse. I didn't notice that at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, does but that... you're, you're in the front row, racially abusing a guy. What are you thinking of? No. Do you, yeah, so do you think something's going to happen to them because they've been identified? I'm pretty sure no, they're going to... No, but they, everybody has said that it seems like only one guy was shouting it. Yeah. The racial... The people but were they, they abusing were shouting him. him. And it's like, I've... Yeah. I've Verbally abused players, not racially, but yeah. I verbally abused players from the front row of a football match before. Once with a megaphone, you'd have been proud of me. So much so that the player said, I'm going to come and shove that megaphone up your ass. And that made you proud. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Montrose, I remember it well. Oh, it was going to be swaggered. Oh, no. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's it <laughs> it an interesting story, and then and then I think uh, I think uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is Stan uh, is, is Stan Collimore. He used to be a former footballer. Yes, yes. He not he wrote he got a lot of racial. He abuse. he wrote an editorial actually. I think it was today um, in one of the papers, and he basically said this is not going to change. Uh, this stuff is not going to change. There's no point like even discussing it at this point. It's, <laughs> and it, a lot of people are saying it's getting worse. And Racism worse. is it is getting worse. Yeah. I, I retweeted some guy's quote who was basically saying that with racism at the football and all this other racism, it's like we've gone back to the 1960s. Yeah. Well, uh, 
do you really think because it's bad or getting worse, you should stop trying to combat it? No. That doesn't sound. No, well, Collimore was just. I don't think we were. No, no, but Collimore in the article would just seem like a frustrated guy that okay. just didn't see the end of it. That's what he was trying to say. Which is, I mean, it's, it's for, him, for him to share his perspective. I just, yeah, yeah. you, you. I don't. I don't think saying, "Oh, it's on the uprise," and "Oh, this," it's you know. It's interesting because you, we don't think it happens over here. You never hear folk talking about it. It would maybe be interesting to have players talking about social issues like that and but, just their thoughts on it. Like some of the guys, Jordan, much maybe no, get him okay, to no, give but, his thoughts. But Michael, you and I've been a guy that's come over from England. You and I have been around long enough that we've we have seen the culture change. Right, and yes. we've seen people. Oh, well, you know what it was like at Swanguard. Oh, well, yeah, Swanguard yeah. was a whole different kettle of fish. But, but even in Swanguard, I remember not racial, just to, not, to stress. But there well, was, not racial. There was no, there was crossed the line. There was some. Ant- I remember one dude who was a long-standing dude, long-standing Southside guy, long-standing Voyager guy. Who there was uh, some things said to Montreal. But there was a chant for Montreal that he just like he lost his lost his you know he just said I can't be here anymore. I got to leave. Because mm-hmm. of stuff that was said, but you, you, you've seen it change. Yeah, like you've seen it drastically change. Yeah. The next story. Um, uh, it's a good thing they didn't play the Copa Libertadores final in France because it oh, most likely was going to yes. get postponed. Half the league matches. I think were it was postponed. the Boca River Plate fans that got lost. Yeah. Half the half the matches uh, for the French League were postponed. They were because of the request from the government and police. Only because they didn't think the the. The, the the games were in danger of no. like that, but they were, police were needed elsewhere. Yeah, they yeah. were needed elsewhere. They're spread thin. They didn't feel like they could offer enough security for the actual games. MLS transactions, some other ones that happened today. Tyler Adams, we talked about it before at the RP uh, Leipzig for three million with a thirty three percent sell on fee. Uh, Pat Onstad, former Canadian goalkeeper, yes. was named intern GM of the Columbus Crew after Burhalter, who I think held both positions, uh, was named the U.S. Ma- manager, uh, U.S. national team manager. Caleb Porter is being interviewed by the uh, Columbus Crew. The yeah. rumor is that. Uh, Jordan Morris uh, has signed in a five-year extension with Seattle. Three years guaranteed. The first two apparently are, are team-friendly, but apparently it averages about a million per year. So I'm assuming a, a lot of that money will be on the backside of it. If they then they might sell him off after a couple of years. Let's see what he does. Uh, we, we talked about Max Rudy going to Montreal. It was yeah. for seventy five thousand Tam and the tenth overall pick in the next year's uh, this year's draft. Sorry, Tasho Akindeli, former Canadian. Oh. No, he's Current a- Canadian international, he hasn't retired yet. Uh, to Orlando for one hundred fifty thousand Tam and fifty thousand Cam. I think he was the most expensive player. I, I don't uh, understand how Max Aruti can go to Montreal for seventy five tam, and well, Tesho goes for one fifty tam and tenth, fifty gam. The tenth overall pick, I would estimate, would be worth about one hundred fifty to two hundred. No, that's way if, more in past trades. No, last year was like no, top five or the, top four that picks. Was, was that two okay. that went for that? Yeah. Okay, then maybe it's a hundred or so. Then you add that. Yeah, but I still agree that. That's a lot for Tesho Akindeli. Yeah. I was surprised. I, about no, that. I, honestly, I think Tesho. There's a lot of upside. He's one of the guys I thought. Oh, maybe that. Maybe that's a Canadian that MDS could might want to bring to Vancouver. I'd have but, taken Max Rudy, but obviously they're not going to sell him to to a rival. After the also uh, last bit of news, this kind of came in late. Um, uh, after the final in Madrid, uh, River player. Gonzalo Pity Martinez, his middle name is Pity for some reason, nickname. He um, must be going to Portland. He's then. leaving and he's going to Atlanta United. Oh no, he can't um, go to Portland. No pity. Fifteen euro, fifty million euro 
uh, release costs. And a lot wow. of people are saying that he could be the replacement for Almiron because mm-hmm. he is a midfielder. There were a couple other smaller transfers in him. Yeah, I didn't. Herbers. Yeah, well, well, Herbers well, went from the Union. I don't even know him. who that is. Uh, some CPL news, uh, a quick one here. Uh, Pacific FC, they opened, revealed a secondary logo. Yeah, which I quite like. I don't see the point of it, but I quite like it. Downtown store mm-hmm. and a stadium rendering, which I thought looked pretty nice Yeah, for a start. Well, I've been at the stadium. It's a nice stadium as it is, never mind them doing the, the work. It's the one it. stadium but in Victoria I haven't been to. I've been to the other two. Um, so the Provincial Cup final there. Oh, there you go. Well, but whoever owns that White House in that corner right there uh, will not have to buy season tickets. <laughs> the um, the one thing about the lo- about the logo, it, it, uh, I, 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 I like it. I think it's good. It is a little bit weird that you're releasing a second uh, marking so early. Yeah. Um, but there must be reasons. I, I can guess at the reasons I for that. I genuinely but. don't see it. I don't like the original one that much, but... I do. I like this, but it just Van Isle Semper Liber. I never get a chance to look that up. See what that meant. Hmm. Last bit. It's some more Canadian news before we get to the Women's World Cup. A Liverpool starlet, uh, Liam Miller, is being tracked by clubs across Europe, and as, as his uh, contract actually runs down, it's set to expire at the end of this year. Um, so people, he can start negotiating with other teams in January for a pre-contract. Uh, he's got interest from teams, clubs in Scotland, Belgium, Netherlands, England from uh, the Premier League and the Championship, and also MLS clubs as well, which that sounded interesting. He does seem a good prospect. He, he just recently scored a, a second-half brace as a sub against the U23s at the Arsenal. Just looked up Semper Liber. Yeah, you know what it is. Yes, it's, 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 it's great news for Pacific FC fans. Their season tickets aren't going to cost anything. <laughs> it means always free. But do you know why they're using it, though? I, I, I knew this, actually. Do you know why they're using it? It's the motto of the city of Victoria. Oh. Which is kind of weird because Victoria's the whole... very costly. Because of the whole Van Isle thing, this yeah, is the one Yeah, and it's also thing. not in Victoria, technically. This right. Thing. But it, so it is the one thing that ties into Victoria, which, whatever. Well, they don't claim it to be on, based on their team name. It also can mean, according to what I've got here, children. Which, so it could be always children. Look, I'm not joking. That's what it says. It's the third thing down. There's various, the plural of liber means children. I'm, I'm guessing not. not uh, it also means book, always book. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Let's last one. Uh, Canada learns their draw for the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup. They oh, will, stuff that. Scotland's playing England. Yeah, well, yeah, that's in there. Uh, but they're also, they'll be in a group with Netherlands, who's ranked, they're ranked, Canada's ranked fifth. Yep. Netherlands ranked seventh. New Zealand ranked 19th. Cameroon 46th. The Dutch are the current European champions as well. Yes, but and they finished were, second in their group to Scotland. Yeah, and they were in the group with uh, they were in a group with ne- Netherlands and New Zealand in 2015 when the World Cup was here. So the second oh. World Cup in a row where they're in the group with them because they tied. I think they tied New Zealand zero zero and they tied Netherlands one one. I remember talking to a couple of the Dutch girls yeah. now. Actually, yeah, I've yeah, forgotten so, all about that. So, and then obviously there are some other things. Um, the Cameroon's the easy one, but they're going to have yeah. two tough matches in the second two. Um, and then they got... Uh, they played New Zealand. And then all, the first game on June 10th, which is Bailey, protect the Butch's birthday. If he makes it to that, he'd, yeah. be, he'd be 15. Um, I, I don't know if one of you just said this, word, but I don't think it's that easy of a group. I think it's a piss easy group. No, I, no it's no, not. Holland, it's a hard group. Holland please. is really good. That's not, Cam- could Cameroon could... Scotland finished above them, and Scotland aren't that good. In the women's game? Yeah. That could have been well, just yeah, a fluke. Remember, Scotland's playing England. I texted yeah. you about that. That yeah. could have been a fluke. 
Holland, sorry, Holland has been really good. Uh, and so I think they got to be careful. Holland and Cameroon, it's kind of like you don't know what to expect. Uh, I think that Cameroon had like a 6 0 win at the last World Cup against, uh, I want to say Ecuador, but it was, I think it was at BC Place. Uh, and then, yeah, New Zealand, you, you hope they can beat New Zealand, but I mean, they just lost them at the U17. Yeah, that but, crossed my mind. But yeah. I don't think the U17s are going to be playing each other in this game. The, but the thing is, is I think the, they're, the, the one thing that was mentioned is they feel they've get, gotten better since 2015 as a team, as a whole. So I think they feel they can, they can take this group. And advance. Yeah, hopefully. I, be, I think it'll be a battle for first top spot in that last game. The other, the other thing is no Herdman. Uh, that, that's, I think, one of the things that I'm looking, looking to see how they respond at a, t- at a tournament like this with no Herdman. Well, the New Zealand, a lot of sheep there. There's a lot of herdmen there herding the sheep, sheep dogs. Gotcha. Hmm. Oh, be forever free, Michael. Uh, that is apparently what the motto of Victoria is, is forever free. So remember that when you, you walk out the, the store, it's not shoplifting, it is <laughs> forever free. free. You just flash them the logo of Victoria. <laughs> but that is it for this episode of the AFT and Soccer Show, which is forever free on CITR Radio. <laughs> just before we go, don't quite know how we got to 127. Our shows are longer in the off-season. How is this even we, we possible? We talk about this. Yeah. There's more to talk about. I didn't even get to play my new game, What's Inside Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. Oh, man. It's a cracker. You're going to love this. There's a cracker inside me. So, there's a cracker inside. <laughs> it's going to go off. But just before we do go off, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at ZacharyAM, and I'm a part of the movement Curva Collective. I am Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada. On Instagram, at AFT in Soccer. Read all our stuff on AFTN.ca. We'll be back next week. Will it be another exciting week? Until then, thanks for listening. Take care, and remember, be forever free! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.